Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 309 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield. I'm the founder and the host of Game Face. Alongside me to discuss a lot of great stuff about a lot of great games is Matthew Kyle. What's up, Matt? Oh, not a lot. Big day for More you tomorrow, tomorrow, though. Yeah, we got our LA Shorts premiere. Yeah. His uh, both his films will debut at a film festival tomorrow in Los Angeles. That's yep. that's a feat, brother. Yeah, that's something to there. be proud of. We've, we played at various places around the country, but this is the first home sh- home game. Yep. So hopefully we get a fair amount of people out there. Uh, who, most a lot of the crew, any of the crew and cast and crew that can come is coming. Um, first time a lot of them have been back together since we shot them. Yeah. Like three weeks or four weeks before the pandemic locked us down. That's right. I forgot you got this in like right under the yeah. wire pretty we much. Shot it, we shot it the week of February 16th in 2020. Wow. Um, <laughs> you really got it right yeah. under the wire. I, and the thing is, like, if it, one of them takes place in a dance club and the other takes place in a restaurant. Those would be hard to shoot even now. Yeah. After all that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll be there to check yeah. out your films. I haven't got to see either one of them yet in yeah, we've kept them pretty quiet just because like we want people to we want people to go see them in the yeah. theater because the more people that show up to the theater, the better we look to the festival. Yep. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be a Exciting. fun day. Um, there's some Q and A stuff after them. I'm not. Are gonna, you going to be a part? No, it's no? it's uh, it's two. I think it's like two people per. You're thing, lucky, so dude, because I would grill your ass in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, you can still do that to Brian if you want. <laughs> yeah. But we got we got um like the director will do two of them and then the lead actor uh for both of them is is gonna, they're both gonna be there so yeah you put them up there you know, nobody nobody cares about the producer until he gets arrested yep well <laughs> here is a round of applause for our one and only Matt Kyle for getting two of his films into an L A film festival that is a big deal man. congratulations very proud of you we did uh, we also played in Iowa this week past weekend how'd that go uh, I'm guessing well. you didn't go along for that no trip. I didn't go all the way to Iowa <laughs> although the director did. Yeah. Um, it went well. Yeah. Snake Alley uh, Film Festival in Burlington, <laughs> Iowa. Um, uh, he said it was a good time. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Uh, so in various other places I don't think we can talk about yet. Yeah. But uh, they're, they're making the rounds. It's great to see, man. Really proud of you, brother. We were worried about one, one of them is a, you know, one of them is a fun dance movie and the other is like a pol- more of a political um, you know, related to mass shootings and, and well, one's called Flat Earther, right? Yeah, it's conspiracy stuff. I'm um, sure in certain rural I, communities, having anything called Flat Earther will bring people to oh, I'm sure. the cinema to see um, what's up. But uh, we were worried. I remember when we were like, "Oh, did we make a period piece?" Right. Like, did we make a during the pandemic, and then like you know, nope. Last year, we're like, "Oh no, we're good. <laughs> we accidentally made a very 2022 <laughs> film." Turns out. Yeah, that has not changed at all. Yeah. A lot of the themes in that film. So anyway, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Oh, and if you do, if someone does go see Flat Earther, um, Shane and I are in that because so in the back, it's in a bar and it's all it's all one shot. It's a nine and a half minute single shot. And in the background, of the, we, there's a TV in the, behind the bar where a, 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 an important thing plays near the end of the movie. And so we green screen. You know, it's just green screen in the in the in the picture. And uh, we had to replace it with footage of something I didn't, and of course I didn't want to, or did, you know, didn't want to try to pay for like NBA footage or yeah, like yeah. So we're we're gonna put the dance film in it. It's just oh. the background, and we put it in. And the problem was, it's the most interesting thing in the show. It's, so, it's colorful <laughs> and cut together, and all you want to do is look back, like, what is it? What's on the That's TV? Funny. And then we tried raw dance footage, and it was still too kinetic. It was still drawing your eye away from yeah. what was happening. So, and like and like Brian was like, we need something. That like Boring. You're just, you're just gonna see it, recognize what it is, and never want to look at it again. I'm like, I got something, and so uh, Game Face is what we put in the TV to make sure that nobody, uh, no, 
nobody wants to look at that TV twice. Yeah. And it works. It's very, it's very convincing. Yeah. As some, just it's just two guys talking about stuff. But um, yeah, so you have shared the screen with a Scorsese actress now because our actress was in the look Aviator. At that. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, they can slap that on your IMDb trivia. Also, this show forever immortalized in film. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> that's a big deal. Yeah, Game Face is a, is a, is part of film history. Now. That's right. Yep. So uh, anyway, uh, if you can visit Matt on Twitter at mkyle and uh, congratulate him on all his hard work and uh, seeing all this stuff come to fruition. I am very proud of him. And I will be there tomorrow to support him mm-hmm. and check out both of his People films, asking, along with all the other films too, right? There's, yeah, there's, they're, they run in blocks. Yeah, of like I think eight. Um, and then uh, people are in there ask, in the chat are asking like, how do they see it? Well, um, there will probably be some festivals later on where we uh, where the sh- the films are briefly put up online as part of the festival. You might be able to see them then. And but, then eventually they'll probably be put online. Eventually we would probably put them online, or maybe somebody will you know pick them up for distribution and put them on you know Netflix or some streaming yeah, thing. They'll somewhere. be somewhere. They'll they'll make it there eventually. But for now, like you can't really if you throw a lot of these festivals. If you put them online, the festivals consider them to not to have been premiered online and released and they don't want to run them because they want to be able to say like we're the only way to see this is to come exclusivity yeah Yeah. it's a it's a big deal especially the la ones the la ones are are very strict about that yeah amazing freaking awesome Uh, a couple other housekeeping items uh pactor factor questions we're asking for them right now um we shoot new rounds of the show on friday so you have a couple days to get them in um you can uh, answer or ask your questions on sifted there's a link in the header. There's a link on the homepage right now. Um, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com sifted, and there's an article there where you can ask questions. You can just reply to the tweet that we sent out today, and we ask for questions on YouTube as well. Just go to our YouTube channel at youtube.com siftedgames and click the community tab, and you can ask questions there as well. We need your help. Um, the questions for the show have slowed down a lot over the last couple rounds. Like, the folks on Sifted are great. They're still asking tons of questions. But places like our Patreon, which is weird because we have so many people who are patrons just for Pactor Factor at $2 a, a month. So they just are a part of our Patreon to support Pactor Factor. Um, but they don't ask questions anymore. I don't know why. Um, so I'm, I'm calling out to our folks on our Patreon to ask questions this round. Also on our YouTube channel. I don't know if they've changed how things on the community tab send out alerts to like our subscribers now, but just like we used to get more questions than we could handle from our YouTube channel all on its own. That's separate from what we would get on Sifted and Twitter and our Patreon. And now we get like one. So I don't know if like it used to be that we'd post something on our community tab and all of our subscribers would get an alert and now they don't. Mm. I don't know. Um, but if you are someone who likes Pactor Factor and you watch it on YouTube and you're not a patron, uh, please head to our YouTube channel, click the community tab, and there's a post there where you can ask questions. So um, we need more questions this time because I'll be honest with you, since the last round shot, there hasn't been as many groundbreaking, earth-shattering things happen. So we're going to need more people to ask questions this time to make sure we have a good round of episodes. But anyway, get over there and do that. Um, also, I want to thank people who... <laughs> Per my request, decided to uh, tweet us and say that show slaps. <laughs> <laughs> I had kind of forgotten that I asked people to do that, and the tweet started coming in mm. saying this show slaps. 
Uh, I appreciate that. That's really awesome. Um, and then finally, uh, you know, before we do every episode, I reach out to Matt and I ask him about what games he's been playing. And usually if he tells me any games, I put him into the show. But this time, he, he mentioned a game that I was like, I don't think that one's going to slide in there. But I figured I'd still give you at least a moment or two to mm-hmm. discuss it. And that is Power Wash Simulator. <laughs> now, Matt, I'll, big game pass hit. Full, full disclosure, that game caught my eye. Yeah. And the reason it caught my eye is because I have found myself watching YouTube videos <laughs> of people who power wash stuff. Mm-hmm. What is it, Matt, about watching like a dirty sidewalk? be turned clean in like these waves that it's just satisfying why is it i don't know those these videos are bringing all order to chaos it's it's fighting entropy <laughs> it's so bizarre and it's the same the game's it's the same like way it's like a subgenre on youtube yeah the like, game's the same way i'm sure that's why the game exists uh, like, i know it is the, like the game it's the game's the same way it's like uh like it's just mindlessly satisfying in a weird way <laughs> yeah. and also i will say this like it, you know it's you're playing it and it's like oh it's this terrible cursor controlled by the the, the, the gamepad yeah. and like everything's weird and so like you know it's very finicky about like whether things are done or not but like I played it for about 20 minutes I did like three jobs <laughs> in one sitting and then but I keep coming back to it I don't know why um, but like yeah it, but the thing is, I mean it's good that it's free it's yeah. good that it's gamepad this one thing I will say though um, whoever did the sound on this did went above and beyond what this game deserves because the sounds of every of the water hitting everything is is pristine. Oh like, my my wife wanted to choke me. They're, they're, when I was playing this in the living room, she is oh, like, yeah. that is the most annoying audio you've ever had for a video. But like game. it's so perfect. Like that's exactly what water <laughs> sounds like when you spray it on canvas. It's so good. It's so perfect. And like and also like as a like I mean it also makes me feel like weirdly guilty. Because like <laughs> As a California You're boy, wasting all the water. wasting all this water. I'm just like, oh my god! And like you can hit the, if you hit left on the D pad, it just stays on. And I'm like, oh my god, this is probably illegal. Like it's not even real water, but it's probably like someone's gonna bust the door down and be like, why are you wasting digital water? We're in a drought. <laughs> my, I have one major complaint. I only played it for like 20 minutes. I did like one mission and half of the second one. Mm. And my major complaint is this is a game that's just about power washing stuff, and it's still done so cheaply. So it's oh, yeah. like. When you wash it, the wa- the mud or the dirt doesn't run down. No, it, it just, just disappears. disappears. <laughs> but then there's like little details, like you leave footprints in all the wet yeah, exactly. mud everywhere. It's like it's like, it's we- it's this weird dichotomy of like, oh, you cheaped out on that, but then you re- put real effort into this. Yeah. Also, there's like weird things where like you, know, you get messages from your cl- clients while you're doing it. Like the second yeah. me- the second mission's like cleaning this backyard. It's, it's, I don't know that's, what. That's where I got halfway yeah. through. Like, and quit. sir, I don't know what you did back here, but yeah, it's just a disaster. Really- but like you're clean, and like when you're getting close, to like seventy five percent done, you get a message. It's like, oh, it looks like you're getting close to done. My my kids can't wait to get out there and, and climb over everything i'm like sir this couch had lichen on it five minutes ago i strongly recommend an antibacterial pass before you let children loose on these surfaces like i, I got really into oh, the man. into the role yeah you were role playing yeah. while playing power wash simulator so yeah this is this is the dumbest thing i played all week but it is the thing i've played the most this really week. you spent the yeah. most time playing i didn't play a ton of stuff this week i was yeah. busy with things but like yeah um yeah like this <laughs> I can't think. This is just like the perfect turn it on, do something stupid for twenty minutes, turn it off. Like it's 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 real easy. It's almost a mobile game. Really, it feels like it was a mobile except game. like you. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it was made on phones. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, it's also it's like House Flipper. It's got the same yeah. sort of weird satisfaction that, that House Flipper has. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, that's free on Game Pass if you want to check it yeah, out. Like that. Times and it's, are slow and right it's now. like the number one download or something on Game Pass. <laughs> I guess it's doing really well. It's like the front. It's the icon on the yeah, front of the new the games homepage, thing. Like, yeah. They know. It's bizarre. Like, I don't as, know why I watch those YouTube videos. Like, honestly, as Dust Some Falls should probably be the, the thing that's up there on the new games thing. But it's Power Wash Simulator. Yeah. That's what they, they know. They know what we want. <laughs> I don't know why I watch those videos on YouTube. There's some weird, it's like... It's fine. It's like those videos of, like, people cutting goo into the exa- exact same size squares and shit. Yeah. It's like, you're bringing... It's, it's bringing it's order. It's bringing order to out of empath, empath, entropy. That's what, that's what it is. <laughs> Not so order bizarre. out of empathy. That's a very different video. <laughs> Yeah, it has been. Uh, if you can't tell, it's been a slow week for gaming. Just a bit. We're all we're all waiting for Xenoblade. Yeah. It's, well, we saw reviews for that came out today. It's, I didn't see them yet. Yeah, they're, it's like an eighty-nine on Metacritic right sounds now. About which right. Sounds yeah. about right. Um, we'll have that in next week's show. Um, we do not get Nintendo review code extremely early, and you would have needed this review code really early yeah. to get through that game before today. There were physical copies popping up like a week and a half ago, and I, I look because I'm like, oh, that would be a good one to get a head start on. No, mm-hmm. I'm not around here. It's yeah. all like back east. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we'll have that in next week's show. Uh, but we actually do have, I think, a good show today. There is a game that we're about to talk about that I believe is a game of the year contender, at least in certain categories. A game that I really, really enjoyed, and we're going to discuss that. Um we're going to discuss Stray again, because when Matt and I discussed it last week, both of us had only played it like a few hours. I had played it like two or three. You had played it like an hour and a half or something. Have you finished mm. Stray? I have not played Stray again oh, since then. Oh, okay. I, I finished have, it. So. I have not had time to do a whole lot, and it hit the point where I was like, I'm going to play new stuff. Okay. I, well, I finished Stray, so we're going to have... It'll be So my shorter. thoughts from last week stand. Okay. Um, it'll be shorter, obviously, than last week's discussion, but uh, I did finish the game, and I want to discuss it. Um, so we have, I think we have a great show today. We have Live Alive, which is a crazy Square Enix JRPG mm-hmm. from 1994 that's been revived. Um, we're going to discuss that. We're going to talk about EA's new Black Panther game that's been making the rumor mill. So we got a, we actually have a pretty good show for you guys today. Um, before we get going, let's take a look at chat and see what you guys are up to. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Justin Horman, yeah, I get the wasting water vibes from this game too. You guys are really lucky if you live someplace where you have plenty of water, by the way. You know, I, we have a friend who left Los Angeles like 10 years ago because he thought we were going to run out of water. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and he was about 10 years ahead, but now I'm like, hmm, he was actually kind of right. Um, Henry Pumpkins, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Um, Not Cirque, thank you for Twitch Prime. Glottis21, thank you. Um, Emperor Dread, thank you. Everyone giving you congratulations, Matt, for your films debuting in a film festival here. Uh, one Supermaster Gamer, thank you for Twitch Prime. Texture Glitch, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, I think that might be it for today. Again, we're at the end of the month, uh, so most of you guys have already done it, but here's a friendly reminder if you haven't. Um, Axel F, 1986. Is that the year Beverly Hills Cop came out, 1986? No, Beverly Hills Cop was 84. Okay. I wonder if that's what that username is, though. Axel Foley. Oh, I'm sure it is Axel Foley. Yeah. But 86 might be year of birth. Maybe. Yeah. Or was that the year Beverly Hills Cup 2 came out? Maybe. I can't remember. I don't remember either. I don't remember when 2 came out. Did that um, song, was that in the first one or the second one? All of them. Was it in all of them? The the keyboard song? Yeah, yeah that's all. That's, okay. that's his theme. Okay. It's actually uh, called Axel F, that song. Yeah. Um, Surf Spider, thank you for Twitch Prime as well. Um, okay. I think it's time for us to get on with the show proper. We're going to kick things off with what I just hinted at is a game that I believe is a game of the year contender for this year, or maybe not game of the year, but in its genre category, at the very least, it's a game called 
as dusk falls. Matt also just hinted that Power Wash Simulator is crushing it on Game Pass right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> um, this game is a choose-your-own-adventure game. It is also on Game Pass, as I just said. Um, it is made by former developers who worked with David Cage, mm-hmm. who left. I couldn't imagine why they'd yeah. want to leave. <laughs> and they formed their own studio, and this is their first ever video game. It is. Now, we just talked about a choose-your-own-adventure game here on Game Face not that long ago that I also really liked. It was a game called The Quarry, and that was more of a schlock, horror, like, 80s, like, slasher flick kind of choose-your-own-adventure. This is a family drama. It's probably the... This is a Miramax film <laughs> from, from the 90s. From the 90s. Set in 1998, I would, I would add. Yeah. Um, right around the time when those films were en vogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it follows... Well, at first, it follows two... Families. It follows one family that is moving to St. Louis, Missouri, and they're on a road trip moving to their new place. Um, the wife has a new job. The husband's kind of, his career's kind of in flux. Uh, they're with the, the guy's dad, who has been kind of MIA for a long time and just kind of re-entered their lives, and they're with their young daughter. And then the other group is this group, uh, this local family, and it's t- the beginning of the game takes place in rural Arizona. And the second family is from that area, and they're known to be rebel rousers. The authorities are aware of them. They have rap sheets, pretty much all the people um, in the family, um, and they collide, basically. So the family that's driving to St. Louis, Missouri, is driving down the highway. This other family, who's known to raise hell, runs them off the road, comes back to basically tell them to F off, and then takes off. So... The family that's moving to St. Louis, who is what you're, who you're seeing right now, they start walking. They walk and they find this motel. They get to the motel. There's a handyman there who tows their vehicle to the motel. And what, as they're getting settled into the motel and as they're walking to the motel, the other family is robbing the sheriff's house. So it's three brothers. The oldest, I think, is like 22 or 23. Mm-hmm. But they're basically like 23, 20, and then the youngest is probably 17, 16, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the robbery goes wrong. They go into the house. First of all, the sheriff's wife is in there. She, she is wheelchair-bound and stuck in the house. So they go in there. They think she's gone at a, at a doctor's appointment. Turns out she's there. That's the first real shocker to the people trying to rob him. And then he rolls in. The actual sheriff rolls up in the middle of the robbery. And basically, the the rebel rousing family jumps in their truck and takes off. And they also end up at the motel where the other family had left after they were run off the road. And so these people meet again after meeting on the highway. And there is a hostage standoff, basically, at the motel that takes place. The sheriff shows up. And with his group of deputies and authorities, um, somehow manages to keep the federales out of it and tries to manage the situation. Because as it turns out, they stole something from the sheriff's safe that is very, very, very important to the sheriff. In fact, so important to the sheriff that he would sacrifice pretty much everyone's lives in the motel for him to get it back. And that sort of becomes the crux of the story at the motel is there's this thing that the sheriff wants nobody even remembers actually taking it out of the safe so it becomes this scramble behind the scenes to try to find this thing that he's looking for while believing all along that they don't think they even have what he's looking for Uh, but the sheriff makes makes it clear yes you have it it was taken out of the safe and that's sort of how the first act of the game takes off um 
as you can see by watching this B-roll, this game has a very unique art style. In fact, Matt, can you think of any other game that's done this? I don't think I can. Um, I mean, if you want to count kind of like how they used to animate the 2D models, the 2D characters in like the old point-and-click adventure games, like some of yeah. them did that, but like... Some indie this, games, maybe. This, remind, this is just—it's like a motion comic thing. Yeah, it reminds me of Broken Saints, uh, which is a show from the two thousands. It also, in a, in a much less flattering comparison, reminds me of—and you're gonna have to—you you, you kids are gonna have to look this up on uh, YouTube. Uh, it's called—it was a, a book that I liked as a kid called *The Great Bear Scare*, starring Ted E. Bear, and they made a TV, <laughs> they made a TV special Ted out e. of it. Ted E. Bear. They made a TV special out of it, and I was very excited about it, and it aired, and it looked like this. It was a primetime like, t- TV special, and it was just keyframes dissolving from one thing to the other, mm-hmm. and I had no idea what the... And it turned out, years later, I've, you know, I've obviously, you know, you couldn't go on the internet then, but years later, it, tur- <laughs> it, it turned out, they basically ran out of money, and in the end, all they could... They couldn't afford in-between animation, so all they did was just take the keyframes and dissolve between them, and that's what they put on television. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the greatest disappointments of my entire life <laughs> at the time, when I was, like, four or five, whenever that was. Um, but, like, it's a very interesting choice to do this. Um, this In this case, it's clearly done because they don't have the money to... For sure. ...to, yeah. adver- to animate. Things. the other thing, too, is that there is so much dialogue... Yeah. I mean, even if you had a healthy budget animating everything in this game, you would, I mean, you would need Quantic Dream money yeah, to do it. You would need a huge budget for it. Yeah, there's no way you were going to get that budget for this game. Yeah. They no. might get it for their next one. Yeah, because the story in this game is flipping amazing. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's so... Like, I can't even imagine what these people must have felt like having to work under Cage. I like, can't it's either. Like, the, the hackery that these people must have had to put up with in comparison to what they were capable of is... is heartbreaking frankly i'll say this as soon as david cage played this game he knew that one of his employees was sitting on this story all along and refused to share it with him he definitely got a little slap in the face of like oh wow one of my people had this and did not share it with the company yeah because for a reason you don't want david cage getting his hands on this right because you know he would have just taken it and rewritten into some stupid thing yeah we talked last week about how music artists how their first album is easy to make because the band's been around for six years and they just use all their best songs to make their first album and how the second album then is very difficult because you have to make it in two years it's very obvious that whoever wrote the story for this game has had this story laying around for a while Mm -hmm. the more you play this the more you realize the nuances and the little details in this because we talk about branching. It could have been like a TV series or a movie. Easily. Like, clearly, this was something that whoever was, you know, they were like, this has got, I got to get this out yes. in some way. Like, this is one of the best stories I've ever experienced in a video game. And like, it just keeps getting better and, and the, better. The first scene, you're like, oh, this is better than everything David Cage has ever written oh, yeah. and put together. Like, you're, already they feel like real people in a way that nothing yeah. in the, even with the motion comic thing, which I'm not really a fan of. Yeah. Um, there's, in fact, there's some choices of how they did this that I think are absolutely horrible. Um, but, uh, like the fact that I hate, I hate that they animate like the, the mechanical stuff, vehicles and stuff in full speed, like, mm. cause the characters are doing the motion, motion comic thing, but like 
the train in the background is moving at like 30 frames a second. The, mm-hmm. the car is moving yeah, on the road. A lot of stuff the, has the, full motion. The, yeah. the stuff that's easy to make a 3D model out of and animate, like the car door, that moves at full speed. Mm-hmm. The characters, which would be difficult to animate, move it. And it just calls out to me. To me, it breaks the immersion of the of the action. And it, it just calls out like, it was easy to do this, so we did it. This was hard and expensive to do, so we didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I think it is a mistake. I think everything should move with motion comics. Because like when they're in like in a room when they're in like the lobby of the motel and they're all yelling at each other and having this big thing. Like, I don't even think about the fact that it's doing motion comic animation. Mm-hmm. Like, like I get caught up in it and it doesn't matter. But then I see like a car pull up in full frame, like full frame frame animation and it's all broken again. I yeah. hate it. I hate They should have committed to all of it. And I know why they did. I, under, yeah, I understand why it's here because otherwise you can't tell the story because you need, you know, you don't have the budget to fully animate this in 3D. Yeah. You don't. Although I will tell you, won't surprise me if like next gen, they remake this maybe and do it like full full on but um this is what i'm saying is like when you're when they don't have those elements like i think it really works like i i forget about how it's animated and i'm just hearing the it's like a radio play i'm just hearing the the i'm just hearing the characters and hearing the the action and it's all kind of working in my head and it all works with my imagination and it, it functions but as soon as i see a full motion like a like a fully animated object it it just blows it for me so um, I, I respect your opinion. On I don't. This, I don't. And think I it, understand. I don't think it matters, and I don't think it's. I don't think it's a reason to not play the game. Like I think yeah. it's. It transcends that problem for me. But like, it's such a weird thing. To, it's just a weird like visual choice. I, yeah. I really. I, I respect like your it. opinion as always, and I understand your perspective on this. But I completely disagree. <laughs> I think it's amazing. Like you're. You're absolutely right. They did it to save money, but. Working within that context, I think they nailed this. Like, one thing I love about how they did this is you have to be, if you're going to rely on stop frame animation, you have to be very picky with each frame. And the amount of information that each frame that they choose in this conveys is, like, mind-blowing to me. Like, they managed to capture that exact moment that they need to capture to convey whatever the voice work is doing, like, underneath the visuals. And I do get that it's jarring, but Matt, like, there's some scenes where, like, they're standing outside and, like, a car leaves. Like, I don't think it would be better to watch that car, like, stutter, like, down the driveway and then stutter down the highway. I just don't. Like, I think it's what that they made, the choices they had to make with the budget that they had. And I think they nailed it, honestly. I think it, it does it does, it does does well enough, but I just can't stand it. Yeah. It looks, I, again, I, I respect your opinion on it. I think it just looks like complete shit. Like, I, I, to the point that, like... And it's it's very specifically when that kind of element is in the same frame as a character who's animating that way at the mm-hmm. same time. Like if you want to cut away and show the full moving car or the truck, like, like that doesn't really matter to me. Like yeah. you, you know, because they are using yeah, you know, they're not using jumpy uh, uh, camera work. Like there, are, you know, yeah. there is there is smooth motion in the game. Like it's not a you know there there that choice is there, but like mixing those elements does not work at all for me yeah. at all. Like just and I and I was like early on I was like whoa like I, I guess I'll get used to this like I was like whoa that was really jarring and it just never happened yeah like, see, it, just, it didn't bother me it at all at drives all. me nuts <laughs> I, I never it, even thought and about it and it would make it. me it would make it was even it got worse as time went on because I would get so used to it into the motion comic animation in, during in the normal scenes yeah and then something some element like that would come along and I was like oh like it just yeah. it's, I I really think it looks gross. Huh. Like I hate it. Yeah, I, I disagree. It. But, <laughs> but it doesn't. 
but it doesn't like but, but again like i'm not saying that is like uh you shouldn't play this game because it does that i'm just like that is just an aesthetic choice that i cannot support in any way shape or form um but i think the material transcends that that what i would consider a, a grievous error um but like uh matt do you think that they 90 percent of the time it does not impact anything for me yeah do you did they do you think they acted these scenes out on camera and then they just grab I'm, stills i don't think so because i don't think you would have such clear um like shots of everyone yeah um i'm sure they did do some acting and stuff but i have a feeling because exactly of what you said that they um, they capture the exact frame of moment, the perfect for emotion, to, to and display everything. what is being said. Like I'm pretty, I'm sure they did do acting and do the scene out, but I have a feeling that they yeah, use those scenes as a guideline to say, like, okay, we need a shot of them doing this and this mm-hmm. and this for this. And then I'm pretty sure they would have gone in and done specific, you know, 8K, you know, still photos of them emoting those moments. Okay. Um, maybe they could, you know, I'm sure some of it might have been pulled from. You know, if they're running or whatever, I'm sure that's from like a, a footage of them running or whatever, and you clean it up and stuff. But I like for stuff like that, like real hero shots, like like him looking back like that. I'm sure that's a specific photo they took of the actor doing that. Like I, that's how what I would think with that. Okay, be. yeah, I was curious. I it's very I, rare. So that an I, answer, I guess. I think it's a mix, but I'm pretty sure for like most of the key character shots, I'm sure those are their own intentionally taken photos. It's very rare that I play a video game and I don't know how they made it. Yeah. If but I this was, gonna, was one of them. If I was going to do this, I would definitely shoot I would shoot the scenes being acted out for reference mm-hmm. um, and then I would go back to the scene and, and kind of tell, like, do like a freeze tag thing almost. Like, mm-hmm. like freeze in that. Do that moment. Take that shot. Freeze there. Take that shot. You know, like once they've got the scene down and know what's happening, mm-hmm. they can kind of the actors will know sort of like these are the big beats and this is where we need to nail this this emotion and then we get a still photo of it so we got that to work from as well. Yeah, and that's you know that's time consuming, but I don't you know it's not the budget of you know it's not expensive. You know, you're talking about the difference between like a you know probably a fifteen million dollar game and a hundred and fifty million dollar game mm-hmm. compared to like fully animating and mocapping everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's. I mean, it's. It's. It doesn't look like anything else. That's for sure. Yeah, I can't think um, of another game that looks like this at all. It is going to repulse. I think a lot of people. I've already seen it happen. Um, but like, I really do think. And I was. You know, I'm skeptical. I don't. I don't really like. See, I don't like. I don't like that the globe moves like that. I, and then like he's still doing the 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 frame by frame thing. I, I think that looks really weird. But like. And I was skeptical about it. I was like, okay, not only that, but also like Quantic Dream people. I mean, come on. No. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But no, I, you know, five minutes into this, I was hooked on it. And, you know, it won. It's you know, the writing it, and the voice yeah, acting. Yeah, it's all writing. And the keyframes, honestly, grabbing that perfect keyframe. And they do it the yeah, whole way be, through the game. To, to be clear. It's really like, crazy. Like, I mean, you, I only need to see kind of the posture of the back of an actor to know which character it is. Even yeah. like the three brothers look pretty similar. Mm-hmm. But, like, I know who's who even from the backs of their heads yeah. because of how they hold themselves. And, like, that's, you know, you've got some talented animators and or actors uh, doing this. Like, it's... Like it, as much as I don't like the 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 animation mixing choice, like there's a there, it's definitely a, a big achievement here. Like like they they I think you are right in that they set out to do, they made a choice and they set out to do make that choice and they fucking nailed it. They, yeah, they they, they did exactly well. what they were trying to do, and I don't think they could have done it any better. Yeah, uh, in terms of like getting character performances out of this style of animation. It, it works on a level that I've just never seen before. As a TV producer, and this is the curse of being a TV producer, is that once you've done it for a significant chunk of your career, you never watch TV or film the same again. 
At least I don't. I'm always trying to figure out how did they nail that shot? How did they light this? How did they film this? Did they use a drone? Did they use a dolly? Like, mm-hmm. it's a curse. It's all, sometimes it's hard to watch stuff because you're always trying to figure out how they did it. I found myself doing that with this game constantly. Like, the shot where they're driving there in the truck and they show which direction they're going by taking the background and swir- and moving the background behind the carrot. Like, just, there's stuff like that all through this game where they... It's kind of like they almost use a lot of the old Hollywood tricks before there was CG to mm-hmm. like create some of the scenes. Um, and to me, it was fascinating. And it was a little, it did take me out of it a little bit because I was constantly trying to figure out how did they do that? Why did they make this choice here? But they didn't make this choice in another place in the game. It's, it's very interesting. And at the very least, I think it does engender, at least for me, a lot of thinking on how games are made and how things are produced. Mm-hmm. So that's always fun for me from, after doing this for 20 plus years. Finding a game that's created in such a way that I'm struggling to figure out exactly how they did it. And I think in a lot of cases why they did it that way as well. Um, Shaniki is asking if you can turn the camera shake and stuff off. And you, yes, can, you can. Yes. You can turn all that off. You can turn the timer off. You can flatten the UI so it doesn't pop out at an angle anymore. There are actually tons and tons of accessibility options. You can you can just watch the 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 thing is in like a broadcast mode just like the quarry yeah you can just watch it like a movie and make decisions usually the, the camera shake only really happens when you so decisions in this game there are two types there are the less important decisions that you make that are on a timer and so you know they're not that big of a deal but they do put you under a timer so you have a little bit of stress in making the decision and then there are the big decisions and they give you as much time as you want but or the crossroads yeah happen. that's where it actually alters the path of the story going forward um, and generally, the screen shake only happens when you're making decisions. And I think it's like a mental jogger of like, I think it's trying to put you under it's pressure. It's kind of trying to say like, this is important. Right. Yeah. yeah. Pay attention to this. Don't just hit a button here because you could like send your story spiraling off. And believe me, it will send your story spiraling off in some crazy other direction. Because that to me is the big difference with this. Like every decision matters. And you can see it when you finish a chapter they take you back and they show you the schematic of what you did. Instead of like a lot of other games like this, they wait until like the end of the game to show you like 15% chose this, 85% chose this one. This does it after every chapter. So you're always seeing like what decision did most other people make? Oh my gosh, if I made the other decision, it doesn't show you what the branch is, but will show you how long that other branch is. So you know, man, I missed out on a huge arc there when I made this other decision and went in this other direction. This is the first game like this where I finished it and I immediately went back because there was one scene that I regretted the whole time and how it turned out. And I was like, all right, I'm going back right now to that scene. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it to get the outcome that I want and see how it affects everything. I've never done that in a game like this, ever. And I and literally, the minute it ended, I went back and started looking through the schematic and was like, oh, there's that point. And I was able to start it right at that point, make a different decision and see everything play out differently. And it played out way differently than my first playthrough did. This game begs you to replay it. And I have never said that about any game of this type, ever. I did, I did that with Beyond Two Souls, but because I wanted to play some stuff in the order they happen, as opposed uh, to the weird out of order thing they did to see if they made any more sense. And they didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. Beyond Two Souls is an amazing example of like this story doesn't really have any thematic drive to it in in chronological order. So we're gonna mix up the chronology to make it seem like we're trying to say something with like make you put together a puzzle piece. But there's actually nothing here. Yeah. Um, it's uh, like 
this is this like this game puts all the quantum dream stuff to shame oh. in a way that like it's you just... you decide whether by my count i think six different people live or die in this mm-hmm. before it's all over and some of the stuff's intense like there's trigger warnings in this game for suicide and things like that it gets heavy like as all this stuff starts shaking out you're seeing just the first little bit of this game in this b-roll this stuff reverberates on so there once you get through this initial first act there becomes two timelines basically there's this timeline and then a timeline that jumps ahead 14 years Hmm. and you start seeing then they start doing flashbacks too they start explaining a little more of the backstory of why these characters are the way they are why they're making the decisions that they are why they're in this place in life that they are and uh, almost all of them it's because of bad decisions that they made early on in their life and you get to play through those because we weren't making their decisions yet right but you do you get to go right. back then and try to maybe revamp those decisions to maybe set their life on a different path and then that plays out also in the other timelines that come on later on in the game it's really amazing like i've never played a game this good of this type not even close this is my favorite one i've ever played and maybe part of it is that it's different it's not a horror game with a bunch of jump scares and cheap plot twists like i found hardly anything in this game where i was like that doesn't make sense why would a character do that there's a couple instances like i was a little surprised that the local yokel sheriff was able to keep like the fbi from coming in like during the standoff at the motel nobody calls them yeah they're gonna know how are they gonna know there's no cell phones back then you have to realize too and that's very important to this story yeah smartphones would definitely break this story yeah so it's it's i mean i think it's also set in the 90s because it is sort of an homage to those old miramax indie Mm -hmm. crime thrillers yep um but it's also because you need this to take place in in an era where cell phones are still relatively rare yeah and you're right the story would be broken if there were cell phones in this game Mm -hmm. because it would just be like wait a minute just call somebody just call for help track them yeah you know like <laughs> yeah. check the cell phone towers and you'll find the guy you're looking for yeah like, yeah the other thing i like about this matt is that you jump characters that you're controlling constantly a lot of games like this you just control the decisions of like one or two people you control the decisions of everybody in this game and it puts you at loggerheads with decisions that you made so you'll be playing you'll make the decision for one character in a situation and then like 10 minutes later the person who was affected by that decision, now you're making decisions for them too. And it makes some of the decisions in this game impossible. As you get further into this, there is so much to consider with each decision that you make that it may just drive you crazy. I literally sat 10, 12 minutes in the latter part of this game trying to decide what to do because there are so many things to consider. There's one scene early in this game where you can, you're, you're in a hostage situation in the motel and you can send one hostage out. And... It's like, okay, you have this daughter who's like six years old, but your dad is also there who just got hit in the head really badly and he has a brain tumor. And you're pretty much convinced at that point that if you do not send your dad out, he's going to die. And you're like, okay, well, my daughter, she's the youngest, so that's the one I should prioritize and she should be the one, but she's probably not going to die in here. At least I didn't think she was going to. Like things had kind of settled out at that point. And I was like, so I don't think the daughter's going to die. Should I send the dad? And I was like, no, I'm sending the daughter. And then ultimately there are repercussions for that. But I sat there for a really long time. And that's early in the game as all these other situations. And you learn more about the dad and you learn more about the daughter over time. And you learn more about the wife over time. And it makes the decision making so much more difficult as time goes on and as the game goes on. Um, and I thought it was brilliant. I loved it. Um 
the game is driven, as far as gameplay is concerned, mostly by quick time events, but they are like the most simple quick time events ever. It's like either yeah, they're very, very forgiving. Yeah, either you and swipe, you can turn those off too. You can, yeah. Either you swipe in a direction, or you just tap the A button, or you hold the A button. But that's pretty much it. Um, so if you're someone who's a stickler for interactivity, this game doesn't have a lot of it as far as the action is concerned. The interactivity really comes in how you control and guide the story along a path versus the actual control of characters. There are some more rote uh, point-and-click adventure style sections of this game where you're just presented with a room, and then you... Typically, in games like this, you would just go through and try everything and just through trial and error, figure out what you're supposed to to, uh, interact with. In this, though, they do not give you enough chances to try out everything. Yeah, I got that impression the very first time they give you like that moment. I was like, oh, I'm not they're not going to let me look at everything. It stays that way through the whole game. So you have to look at all the the things that you could interact with and try to figure out which Mm -hmm. ones are really important to what you're trying to accomplish. To to its credit, I do think it it telegraphs that it's that kind of game from the very beginning. So um, it's the game is very good at communicating with you um, for what for what this is and, and how obtuse some of the telltale stuff could get. Like, there's never a moment where you're like, oh, wait, what does it want me to do? Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what, what is the meaning of this scene? Like, mm-hmm. why is this scene? Ha- like, there's never anything like that. Nope. It's, a, it's all very, it's all very clear. Yeah. Um, which is refreshing because sometimes these games get real obtuse. Yeah. And as you said, it does lay it down right at the beginning. You know very early that you can't just try everything and you're going to get a chance to try everything and go through trial and error. You learn that you're going to have to prioritize what clues mm-hmm. you actually investigate. And that holds true throughout the entirety of the game. Um, the writing and the voice acting, just top notch, top shelf stuff, just both amazing. There's no skip dialogue button that may bother people. It didn't bother me because again, I thought the writing and the, the Can voice acting. Can you skip acting, when you replay? I didn't try. A lot of because times, what happened was I was, try, I was right. experiencing new stuff. So a lot I of times games it. like this, they let you skip through stuff you've already seen. Yeah. I don't replaying. know, honestly, because the stuff I was seeing was all new and right. I didn't want to skip it. So... It's more the stuff if you're going to replay, make a different decision. Usually, unless you skip through the scene you've already seen. Yeah, I can't tell you to, for 100%. To get, to, to get to the choice you you want to make differently. Yep. Um, as I said, once you finish the game, you can go back and you can replay any section of the game and completely carry on. Um, and you can save it into a new save so that you're not saving over your original save that you finished the game with. So the game is designed to play it over and over and check out these different outcomes. Um, you can have people play with you. The game also is kind of built like a mobile game. It's another one of those console games that you play where it has, like, tap everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you're using, like, a cursor to select stuff. You can I tell- mean, it even bugs you a few times to download it on your phone yeah. and play it there. And make the decisions on your yeah. phone instead. And that's kind of the cool thing. Like, friends and family can play with you. They vote on decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like uh, Until Dawn. Not till Until Dawn. It was their other... Is that that company's second game? Mm. What was that? You remember that? Hidden Agenda. I don't remember that game at all. Hidden actually. Agenda. It, it was a PS4 game. It uh, it was by the people. Oh, who I do remember now. And everybody logs into the thing that had their everyone had their phones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like that. You're right. That's a good analogy, actually. Um, which is cool. And so people, even if they don't have an Xbox or whatever, they can download the app on their mobile phone and they can sit there and play along with you and vote on the decisions. The decision with the most votes wins, and that's the decision that you make. So it could be a good couch co-op game to play with your family if you want to, though. I would argue kids probably need to be 12 or 13 before they should experience this game. There's some pretty intense stuff in this game. Is it? They also might not be interested because it's, it's more of a human drama That's thing. true. That's a good point. It's kind of low on action at a lot of points, although it's pretty well paced. 
Yeah, it's well paid, but it's like if I was ten, I wouldn't care about anything that's happening in this game. Yeah, like, it's just it's just not. There's no aliens. There's no you know. There's no car chases. Really, it's not uh, you know. It's it's people. It's about people. Yeah, uh, the, you know the characters and their relationships and how everything is evolving is sort of you know. A ten year old doesn't understand why it's important that the you know the points of view of these characters the why, why they matter. Yeah, you know, like why the, why are the 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 kids with the masks and the guns someone that you don't automatically hate and want to kill? Right. Yeah, That's because you because you know where they're you know because you played as them and you know what their perspective is and maybe they're not doing the right thing, but you understand why they're doing it. Yeah. Um, Again, classic Miramax. Like, yeah. Just like those those old uh, art house movies and you know Copland comes to mind. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, and I just you know I again I I do respect your opinion on the stop animation stuff, but it it did prove to me that you don't need as much information as you think to visual information to assess a situation and make informed decisions about it. Oh, sure. I mean, keep in mind what I'm arguing for is that I think it should have less visual information. Right, right. That's true, actually. I think think all the visual information should be be uniform, basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would would certainly be interested to peek into an alternate universe and see what the... where, where I'd like to see an alternate universe where these guys are getting... David Cage's budget right. and David Cage has to make forced to make stop motion versions of his, again. of his stupid hack ass <laughs> like like oh Martin Luther King said that I thought you might fuck oh, fuck you um like, just like you've earned the right to quote Martin Luther King in your stupid Android <laughs> game go away um yeah. so I'd love to see those tables turn and these you know because it's like this story deserves those production values but like then I wonder like if you know would this game have the same impact if it looked like everything else if it, i don't if think it, it would that? matt like it's I it's really hard don't. to say like i don't know that this game would be better if they had full animated like faces and stuff yeah, I don't like know. it's I don't know. it's hard to tell but yeah. this really struck me in that less is more sometimes less can be more well there's something to be said for like the idea that you know like you know people are like oh the like the old radio horror things are scarier because they're all in your head like this, right. this makes you do a lot of the imagination work and Filling that might be blanks. part of its strength yeah but like you also spend more time studying things so the glint in the eye or the way they're looking sideways out of their eyes like there's lots of scenes mm-hmm. where they just cut to their hands in this and like if it was full motion, I don't think I would pay as much attention to those little scenes as I do in this. Well, they have an advantage in that they know, because of how they're choosing the framework in this, they know what you're going to be looking at. Yeah. Everyone's going to be looking at the it. same image. Yeah. Not a series of, you know, a, a cycling animation of like 50, 50 to 100 frames. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't know which frame of that expression people are going to pick out necessarily in a 3D animated thing. Whereas they know exactly what, you know, you're looking at a photo, like mm-hmm. a touched up photo of this actor. And they've had that actor make the exact expression they wanted them to. And so they can kind of control, like, what information you're getting better than if it was a fully animated yeah, you know, like it's interesting. Like again, this game made me think about the, video games in a whole different way. And the thing is, like, it's not necessarily saying like, oh, they've discovered how to like all adventure games should be like this now. It's more like they figured out what this style can convey, and they've found a way to make the story specifically take advantage of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't think this story necessarily had to be this. It could have been a TV show. It could have been, you could do a lot of, but they clearly took this and said, okay, we're going to do this like this. How do we tell the story like this? And like, you can tell that a lot of work was put into making the presentation of the story mesh with the choice of animation style. Yeah. And 
um, and it really works. It does. Like it's like it's like watching a radio drama. It is. That's a good way to put it. Um, I love this game. So I I kind of hinted earlier that you know this is a game of the year contender, and for me it's like contender for story best story in a game for the year and for best adventure game of the year. Um, this has really been a run of great indie stuff, and I appreciate it because things are so slow on the big budget front. Like, just think about this. Think about Endling that I played for last week's show. Think about Stray. Like, a lot of these smaller developers are really towing the load for the games industry right now. Um, and it's been nice, actually, to go and play some of these smaller... Although, I would say this game is big, by the way. Um, I think it... I would guess it probably took me around 9 or 10 hours to finish this. Um, it's long. And as I said, there's more than enough incentive, incentive to go back and play it over again. So um, it's been nice to play some of these games that take chances a little bit over the last couple months instead of playing these big budget. And I know, obviously, like for people who watch Game Face, they're just going to look at like Game Face 309 as dust falls. And they'll be like, oh, I don't want to watch that. I don't care about that. It's a shame. Because I do feel like not only are the games interesting that we've been talking about lately, I feel like our discussions on the games have been great because they're making both of us think about games in different ways than we normally do when we do this show. So um, I'm all about it. Like, I'm, I've am i really enjoyed um, not just the games that I've been playing lately, but also coming here and discussing them with you on Game Face. Um, so I fully recommend this game. Um, it is free on Game Pass. Again, yet another reason to spend $15 for a month of Game Pass. And uh, we're going to talk about a game here in a second that's also on Game Pass. It's another reason to spend $15 for a month of mm -hmm. the service. Um, I would probably pay $30, $40 bucks for this game and not feel bad about it at all. I mean, I don't know why anyone would pay for it because as of right now, it is PC and Xbox exclusive and it is published by Microsoft. So I don't know if it's ever going to come to other platforms. I kind of doubt it. Probably not. Um, so it looks like it's going to be locked in there. Just, again, another reason to just get Game Pass for maybe a month or two if you want and just consume all the stuff. It's kind of like me and uh, Disney+. Plus. Like, I get Disney+, Plus for like two months, and I just binge everything, and then I cancel, and I don't have Disney+, Plus for like eight months, and then I get it again, and then I binge everything for like a month or two. Um, Game Pass, very similar, I feel like, for people who maybe don't have an Xbox or don't want to invest in buying a second console if you already have a PlayStation or a Switch or whatever. Um, don't forget, you know, Game Pass works on everything. In fact, you don't even really... You can get it to work on your mobile phone. You can play mm -hmm. this game on your mobile phone, no problem. It's set up to play it on your mobile phone. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that will be a strategy or a tactic that we see more of going forward, too. Well, up between this and, like, you know, um, the core, I can't remember. Was that was it Supermassive Games? Yeah, the core. Yeah. yeah. Like, between, like, they really are leaning into making these these decision-based story games, like, uh, a group participation mm -hmm. activity, which I yeah. think is smart. I do, too. Yeah. Yep. Although, if you get a, if you make a bad decision, you always blame everybody else for all the bad decisions yeah. that you make in these games. Nice work, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, let's head to chat and see what you guys are saying about this game. Um, oh, the Ash 84. Thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Um, here's a good one. AJ, or here's a question. AJ the Legend Watson, do you believe the amount of choice is better laid out than those that we've had in Quantic Dreams games? I don't, how do you, I don't know how you answer that question, Matt. I don't know. The, the closest I can get to an answer to that is I certainly have cared about the choices in this more than I've ever cared about choices in the David Cage games. 
Uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I would also say that I don't feel... Even a little stuff that's not like a big crossroads thing. I'm like, they're, I, I, they matter. They, well, they matter. And they, oh, most of them, like when they pop up, I'm like, oh, that's an interesting thing to make me choose, yeah. choose between. Like, whereas a lot of the David King, I'm like, oh, here comes a choice. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Like, this is like, there's no sense of surprise in the cage stuff. It's just, like I said, it's just going through the motions. And this one does never, this game never feels like it's going through emotions. There's a lot of the smaller decisions in this game. Some of the bigger, smaller ones are like, Someone's talking to you, and there's someone coming up behind them that's mm-hmm. gonna do something. And you have to decide whether you warn the person that it's gonna happen or you let it happen. And then you're sitting there looking at this and you're like, you don't know if the person's gonna be killed, if they're just gonna be injured. Like I made some decisions assuming that the person I'm talking to is going to be killed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, it's better that this person gets killed and this other person who's attacking them lives and then the person doesn't get killed and it just throws everything like in, into well, the toilet. Like, like early on, like the first very first thing is the you know, is Vince playing a guessing game with her, with his daughter. Right. And like yeah. you, know, you you pick a thing for her to tell him what the you know, you're, like the, the game is like you cover your eyes and the person says, Okay, what what color it asks you something a detail oriented about an object in the vicinity. And you can pick whatever an object, and she guesses, and it's like, okay, your your you know turn. And like, okay, well, if you get, you know, and so they play a game, and then the game goes, look carefully, and I'm like, what? Like it just kind of free, it kind of sits there on the on the frame of them sitting together on this bench, and I'm like, okay, what? And it's like, are you ready? I'm like, am I ready? And it jumps, and then like it asks you a question about an object that was in. That friend, like, oh, that's how we're gonna be. Okay, they don't. I'll say this: they like, don't do that you, too often. No, but it teaches you pretty early on that, like, we expect you to look at things Pay and attention. remember things. Yeah, and then you do it again with the safe code. Yeah, and the break. Did you sequence. remember it? Oh yeah, I did not. Oh yeah, I didn't remember the safe I have a code. Photographic well, you can mem- see it in the B-roll. I didn't remember it. I have a photographic memory, like it's, yeah. most of the time. Like it's, it's like if I want to commit something to memory, I'm gonna remember it. I did not pick up on it, like with the first choice that I should start paying more attention. The safe code, though. Once that mm-hmm. happened, I was like, okay. Like, I need to start paying more attention yeah. to the things that well, happen in these Well, seats. the other thing is... And like, there's, they, like, three more of them throughout well, the, the other game. thing is they put you in the same position that the kid's in, where, like, right. they don't really tell him what yeah. he was doing either. So yeah. you're sort of in the same... Because he loses thing. a slip of paper that has the code yeah. on it, and then they count on you to remember it, just mm-hmm. like the kid. But yeah. they didn't even... You know, his brothers don't even tell him what the code is, or it was for. They don't yeah. tell him what whose house. They don't tell him anything. They're yeah, just like, yeah. go do the thing, mm-hmm. dumbass, because he's the youngest brother. Yeah, yeah. That's how they, that's how that works. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> he's the one who gets put in jeopardy. Actually, the middle sibling is the jerk. Like, yeah, and that's how it works in this too. He rem- that that who, the kid playing the middle brother is doing his absolute best Biff Tannen. Yeah, through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very much that. Yeah, it's still good though. Yeah, all the actors in this are amazing. Uh, but it's like, like even even in those scenes where he's being a, a dick and like. Um, you know, he's being a dick and he's doing gross things to, to you know to fuck with the guy who who owns the house and like but then like when like if you do something that works out or like you know find the safe or whatever like he comes in and he does, he does like nice work bro like, like he's like you can tell he'd be a nightmare to live with but he is still like your brother like it's it, they do a good like way of balancing that idea that like you know he he hands out praise to the younger brother when the younger brother does what he wants yeah um and you can see how the younger brother would crave that and still do this. Like it all the 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 character dichotomies are very well laid out. They're very well drawn, um, and to the point that you can understand. Like even though the middle brother's a dick, you can understand why the younger brother's having such a hard time breaking from you know breaking ranks with him. Not just because of the whole like oh well they're brothers and brothers do that. It's like no like you can see why that dynamic is there. Um, 
And like that is simply something I have never said about a David Cage game ever. So um, I'm glad these guys are and girls and whoever are out from under the Quantic Dream uh, nightmare. And um, I hope uh, I look forward to the next thing they make too. Um, I hope Microsoft recognizes what they have here. I think it. Well, they've decided to publish it, so I think yeah, yeah they yeah. they figured it out already. But I think they should probably buy them. Yep, that's probably a good idea because that's one area that Microsoft does not yeah. have coverage. Yeah, this is not. A, it has no studio that makes games like yeah, this. Yeah, and if you can have them kind of send a toil in a way and making a new like like story driven kind of party choice game, like like yeah, no one else has that. Really, you can probably buy this studio for peanuts. You know, right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's this. I mean, way too long. There's there's this and Quantic Dream. Yeah. And um, Supermassive. Yeah. Supermassive just got bought too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Options are dwindling. I I think. And who wants Quantic Dream? I think it would be a good addition to the portfolio. (laughs) It would. And it would provide a lot of stability for the people at this company. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. What's the name of it? I keep forgetting what the name is. In something. It's called In Night or something like that. I have it here in my notes somewhere. Uh, Interior Night. That's right. Yeah. Which is a weird name for it's a, a it's a script direction, right? Like in code at the at the top of of a script. Oh right, like right, interior right. Night, That's what it is. All right, that's a good point. Yep. Uh, so anyway, there you go. As dusk falls again, only available for PC and Xbox. But if you want to play it, just get a month of Game Pass. If you have a PC, you can do it. Even on mobile, um, you can do it. Have you tried any of the more traditional games on Game Pass, like on mobile, to see how no. the controls work? No. I'm sure they suck. <laughs> probably. This might work a little better because... Oh, yeah, this so works fine. But generally, I think they probably are... Probably less awkward than dragging the cursor around with a, with a gamepad. Yep. Yep. Uh, so there you go. I highly recommend it. And I think we'll be discussing this game again come Game of the Year at the end of 2022. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about Stray... As I said at the top of the show, both of us had only played a couple hours of it um, before we talked about it last week. And since then, I have finished the game, and we had some discussion about how long the game was, because I had Googled it, and it said eight hours. Vincent said that he thought it was five, and I said, well, let's just go in the middle at seven. I finished the game in six hours and 20 minutes. So it did end up being kind of in the middle of those two figures. Um, Matt, I'm surprised you did not go back and play more of this Honestly, like I really thought, you know, you're a cat person and you really liked it. And it's just, uh, you know, I want I need time to sort of settle into it. And I didn't get that this week. Yeah. Are you surprised how this has become a thing? Not really. Like my mom asked me about it. I've had some people who do not know anything about video games ask me about this cat game. Uh huh. Um, it's huge. It's yeah. everywhere. It's on all the major news networks. It's on all the local people news networks. People love cat. The, the mods have been making the rounds. Yeah, the, the Garfield put, mod. I saw Garfield some footage Garfield mod's of. funny. People putting their own cats and dogs <laughs> into it. Like they're, they're modding it so you can play as a dog. Uh-huh. Um, somebody modded it so that every time you press the meow button, the cat goes, Jason! From, oh, really? From, from Heavy Rain, <laughs> like which I think is very funny. That is The funny. one great contribution of David Cage to gaming is, yeah. is that glitch. Yep. Um, press 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 circle press circle to Jason <laughs> with a cat. Um, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a phenomenon. Like there's a, there's compilations all over YouTube of Everybody, real cats yeah. reacting to yeah. The there's cats. a whole Twitter account that's just cats watching Stray. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, they pass, the people are passing around like they put up photos of the cat that did the voice acting. Yeah, for the main cat. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a thing. Um, I, I feel like we're probably gonna see a Stray too. Oh, without a doubt. And it might be a dog next time. Yeah. That would probably be what I would guess would be. It'll be straight too, but it'll be a dog. Oh, it'll be a cat. You think it'll be a cat uh, again? 
It, it's the cat. The fact that it's a cat is is one of the things. That you think that's yeah. why it's the internet loves cats. Yeah, I mean everybody. How can you not like cats? I love cats. People manage. <laughs> there are some people that are dog people that just are like, I hate cats. Oh yeah. Um. So anyway, which is weird. But like, yeah. I mean, I don't own dogs. I wouldn't want to own a dog because they're so schedule intensive. But I love dogs. Yeah. I, love I just don't like dog. dogs because they smell. Some of them do, yeah. <laughs> Almost all of them, man. And I love dog owners who are like, my dog doesn't smell. And you're like, get next to the dog. You're like, oh, yes, it does. You just can't smell it yeah, anymore. Some of them do. I know, some, dog, I know some dog owners dog. that keep them very clean. You know, they go to the salon once a week. And there are certain other. breeds that don't smell yeah. as bad as others, but they usually smell. And that's get, a big reason I don't like dogs as much as cats. For me, it's the drool. That doesn't that's help the, either. Uh, that's, and that's, having to take them out. Cats are way more independent. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean. I like that I can leave the cat home Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. Don't have to worry about you don't it. have to worry about them chewing up your controller yeah. or like crapping I, all over the floor. I always, rem- I always think about um, uh, you remember Elisa, Elisa Cheeves? Yeah, and she had she had those two beautiful dogs, and they oh, like way up like north of the city where she lived. And at the end of every day, like right at you know six on the dot, she's like, I gotta go, I gotta let the do- I gotta get oh, the yeah. dogs. Like she, yeah, because it was a long long drive, and she had to get. The- and it's yeah. just like that was her life because the dogs are the gonna dogs. eat something, they're gonna eat chew your couch, or chew, or they're gonna freak out or like. <laughs> yeah. Bother the neighbors or yeah, cats. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah, cats are like, mm. yep. Although this morning my cat woke me up peeing on the bed, so that's really that perfect. That usually means your cat's sick. No, she's just a jerk. She really? Usually she does it if the, if she thinks the litter box is full, but the litter box wasn't full, so I don't know what the deal was. She might be sick. Well, I mean, she she does have a thyroid condition, but she takes uh, pills for it. Oh, uh, okay. No, she's done that most of her life. Yeah. And, uh, Part of it is because I think I probably should just get a new comforter because part of it is like... Yeah, you should. <laughs> well, no, not because it's because of that, but because um, they're in the wash right now. But um, if you the, the microfiber on the other underside of the comforter, if it, if it flips over and she walks on it, she just starts digging. Oh, like she loves it. it. And I think, she, I think it feels like the litter texture oh, to her. Oh, interesting. I think that's why that happens. Okay. Um, so anyway, Matt and I were both unanimously, we loved Stray last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like interested to see if I felt the game held up across its entire runtime. And I would say that for the most part, it does. I would say it runs out of tricks eventually. Um, and I felt like maybe they could have expanded because once you get the droid, the B12 droid that follows you around, the game doesn't really advance after that. Um, that's pretty much all the mechanics you ever end up getting. Um, and I do feel like the game kind of runs out of tricks very quickly. The other thing I would say, too, is the game wears on is it gets a little bit more gamey. Meaning, hey, here's this big open area. Now you need to find these five things. But there's no waypoints or any uh, any type of markers to tell you where to go. So you're just going to have to search every nook and cranny of this area until you find exactly what we we're expecting you to find. I haven't had to do that in a game for a while. Hmm. Um and it's not that big of an annoyance, but it's, I just felt like the game starts out on such a strong foot. Everything feel, feels unique and fresh. And by around like the three-hour mark, it does kind of start to settle into a groove and become at least a little bit repetitive. But it's still saved by its unique premise, which is you're playing as a damn cat. Um, and so it doesn't feel—it never gets to the point where it feels rote. I would argue that it ends exactly when it needs to end. Um based on the fact that it appears that the studio was not willing to introduce any future mechanics or gameplay um, options into the proceedings at that point. If you're going to keep it static, then I think its runtime is pretty much perfect. If they wanted to make the game longer, then they definitely would have needed to add a little bit more nuance, a little bit more options as far as like the puzzle solving and things like that. Because 
again, pretty much all the things that you discover in the first hour or two, you use over and over. Getting into the barrel and rolling the barrel over so you can jump on top of it and then jump on up to a higher ledge that you couldn't reach before. Like, you end up repeating sort of these mechanics over and over throughout the course of the game. Now, that leaves the question, okay, well, what about the story? Does the story um, pick up the slack to keep it interesting? For the most part, I would say yes. I would say it ends in an unsatisfying way. Um, when it ended, I was like, really? That's how it's going to end? And I would say, too, Matt, that the way it ends, you're probably right that the next one is also going to be a cat. Mm-hmm. Um but also, I had kind of burned out on the game a little bit by the time I got to that point. So it wasn't that I was like, oh, I want more. Um, I just felt like the way they decided to tie everything up, it I don't know. It didn't leave a lot of mystery, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but you don't end up meeting like any more really unique characters after the first couple hours. Like The people that you're introduced to at the beginning of the game are pretty much the people that you work with throughout the to the end. Eventually, you get into like this big kind of city area. And it, you also have to like end up searching every nook and cranny of that. It does become less of an oddity and more of just a video game as time goes on. But it's still amazing. And it's still an experience like no other I've played before. And I can't believe it's taken this long for us to get a game like this. Um, but that is kind of the way brilliance works, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You see it and you're like, why didn't I think of this? Or why didn't somebody else think of this all this time? That's kind of the key to brilliance, really. Um, so I did enjoy the game all the way to the end. I did do feel like it loses a little bit of steam over time. Um, but it's still, like, I would recommend this game for just about anyone still. Um, particularly, like, the casual people in your family that maybe you want them to understand why you like video games and they've struggled to understand why you spend so much time playing them this is the game just keep tapping that circle button it worked with my wife Hmm. i was playing this and i was like she's not really noticing what's going on here that i'm playing a game where i am playing as a cat so i just kept tapping the circle button and watching her and after i tapped it like the third time she like spun around and looked at the tv and she's like you're playing as a cat and i was like yes I've been playing as a cat for the last two hours and you haven't noticed it. But once I kept meowing, it kind of was like caught her attention. And, she spun, and then she watched me play for like the next like 40 minutes or whatever. Um, and then she realized, okay, there's only so much you can do because it's ultimately a video game and she lost interest. Um, but still, I think this game will appeal to pretty much anyone. A cat person in your life or in your family, they're going to love it. Um, because they, they, they never... The immersion never breaks, I guess is a good way to put it. Like, there's never a moment in the game where you're like, okay, I don't feel like I'm playing as a cat anymore. Like, they've humanized the cat to the point where it doesn't feel like a cat anymore. It feels like I'm just playing a human with a different avatar. That never happens. It's they stay. It stays in character the entire way through. Um, and I think that's probably what most people would hope for and ask from this game as they start going into it. So, um, Stray is a great game. Also a game that's probably going to be talked about towards the end of the year in Game of the Year discussions. Um, I do feel like it lost steam eventually over time, and I did feel like I was kind of struggling at the end of the game to finish it um, because, again, they hadn't really introduced any new mechanics or any new ideas for quite a while, and then the story kind of flops at the end, in my opinion. Um, But it's well worth the journey. I would argue that this game is way more about the journey than it is about the destination, ultimately. And so I would still recommend this to pretty much everybody. Um, I think most people will find something to love or enjoy in Stray. Do you think you're going to go back and spend more time with it, Matt? Yeah, I will, once things calm down a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
I really thought that I was going to be, if I didn't finish it, I thought I was going to be the one that didn't finish the game. I was surprised to hear that you hadn't played it anymore. So um, there you go. That's Stray. Again, this is for PC, and it is a PlayStation exclusive for now. You can also bump up your PlayStation Plus subscription to the next tier. Anything but the lowest tier of PlayStation Plus will get you this game for free. Um, So if you just want to bump it up. Now, I said last week that when I went to check on bumping it up my cost was really expensive to bump it up a level some someone else reached out to me and said that it depends on when your subscription expires so like my subscription it just turned over and so i had a long time before it would be renewed but someone else said that their subscription expired in like two months and they were able to up their subscription for very cheap and basically get this game for free so check it out Try to figure out when your PlayStation Plus um, subscription expires. It could be a case where you could just upgrade it for a month or two and get this game for free and then drop back down to the old tier once you've played the games that you want to play on the service. A little bit like what we tell you to do with Game Pass here and there. Um, Sign up for a couple months, play the stuff you really want, and then bail. You might want to look into doing that with PlayStation Plus just for Stray. I'm curious, too, now that a lot more people in our chat have played Stray, and a lot of you guys are probably finished because it's not that that long um they, they don't agree with you on the ending that's for sure oh they like the ending yeah. let's see what they say here let me bring it up on screen for everybody to see um mellow pinter stray is good for two playthroughs i platinumed it and loved every second of it but i wouldn't play it again so maybe he's supposed to say stray is not good for two playthroughs because he's now he's saying but then he says later in the sentence i wouldn't play it again I think it means they played it twice to get all the trophies. Oh, he already played it twice. Like, he wouldn't play it a third done. time. Yeah. Oh, got you. I don't know why you would... I don't know why you want to play this twice. <laughs> get the trophy. Get the platinum. Oh, yeah. I mean, but just on the game's merits yeah. on its own. There's... I mean, I would... Most games like this, I will go back to years later and play again once I've forgotten a lot of it. Yeah, you know, I, I could see that. enjoy something. But, like, following it up right immediately again, like, there's... No, it's this, not is the like... kind of, this is not the kind of game I would go back and play immediately again. No. There's only... Two things that you really collect in the game, and there's a certain point in the game where there's like a point of no return, and you have to kind of collect everything at that point. I had managed to collect everything already, so there was no reason for me to play this again at all. And even after I collected everything, it, the reward for it wasn't really worth the work to find everything, at least in my opinion. Um, I'm trying to find where people were talking about the ending. Um... <laughs> I was too. He was too busy playing Power Watch Simulator, talking about you, Matt. I guess you were actually. <laughs> I mean, it's. It was, I, I played it less time than it would have taken to finish Stray, but yeah. Yeah. Power Watch Simulator. I don't need to. I don't need to settle into it. I can just play it and listen to a podcast and do it and answer emails um, while I'm cleaning garden gnomes. Very Gooser says, "I don't feel like the game really does anything distinctive with a cat, where you couldn't be a dog or an alien or literally anything." Well. The size of the cat, I think, makes a difference because um, yeah. he's really small. So you I mean, get the small creature, big yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, theoretically thing. true, but also like it is a cat, so it doesn't matter because people like playing as a cat. Mm-hmm. It's like you could play as a ninja in Ninja Gaiden, or I guess you could play as like a secret agent. But ninjas are cooler, so it matters. Um, Sneaky agrees. Last half hour of the game with pure video game. Yep, that's what it turns into ultimately. Um, Jose Holiday says the ending was great. Okay. I'm really stumped on why you would say that, but okay. Everyone has their own opinion. Um, I like the end, not the puzzle. Hmm. 
I thought it stuck the landing, but you play as a cat won't be enough for a hypothetical follow-up. Hmm, I'm really curious, and I don't want to obviously spoil stuff. I, I wish we could talk offline right now about why you guys like the ending. I really am stumped by that. Because um, it's like they make a decision, but then they don't pay off the decision, I guess is the best way I can state it without spoiling something. They make a decision on how they're going to end the game, but then they don't pay off that decision, is the way I can describe it without spoiling stuff. But I don't know. Everyone has different opinions, I guess. Um, but anyway, that's Stray. I still think it's worth buying at full price um, if you're on PC. I'm, have you heard if they've got the PC version like cleaned up, Matt, from last know. week? I don't know. If they did, I didn't see it. But yeah, I haven't, I didn't see I haven't really been paying super close attention. Yeah, because there's so much other stuff on the periphery of Stray mm -hmm. to pay attention to that like whether the PC version has been improved or not is way too low down on the ladder. Mm -hmm. Um but I would pay full price for this if I had to. I think it's worth the full price. Um, I did pay full price for it. I bought it on my, with my own money. Um, but if you can obviously get it free through PlayStation Plus, you might as well. Um, and also give you a chance to kind of check out those higher tiers of PlayStation Plus at a cheaper price to figure out if they're actually worth something. Because uh, I have not done that, actually. Have you? No. I've, like, hunted around without paying. Like, I've looked at, like, what it, it tries to tell you you're going to get for the extra money. But I haven't actually spent the money to see exactly what's there and how it's presented nah, it doesn't matter to me like, yeah. they're not going to give me god of war on day one so i don't right. care yeah it's true um okay let's move on we're going to talk next about a game that i hinted at earlier another game that you if you're a game pass subscriber you can play for free and some people may say shane this isn't a game it's dlc but i don't know <laughs> like it's almost another Forza. It's almost there. like another campaign. When I saw how many medals there are, I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh -huh. Cuz I like, "Oh, I've gotten like I've gotten like 100 something medals. I must be getting close." And there's 4,000. Yes. <laughs> Just the number of roads to discover. And I was like, "Oh, complete these three things, get out of the B tier, play the A tier. I'll probably get up like, "No, I can play get the B tier. You got to play for like 5 hours." Like yep. like that they, they they basically put another map in this. Thing. It's a new campaign. It's basically. another campaign. Yeah, it's, it's um, a Hot Wheels and what campaign. we're talking about is Forza Horizon 5's Hot Wheels expansion, and it's not DLC. It's a freaking expansion. Mm. Um, it is a lot of content. Like they could have sold this as a separate game. And, yes, and, they could have, and nobody would have really batted an eye. Well, they kind of are, aren't they? A little bit, because it's expensive, isn't it? Like twenty bucks. Uh, I can't remember if it's twenty or thirty, but it's like four. it's like I mean, over twenty dollars. I, I mean, I so I bought Forza Horizon Five. Mm -hmm. I did not Game Pass it because okay. I like Forza enough that I'm like I want to own it. So I bought it, and so I'm on the season pass thing. So I don't know how much it cost. Um, because Forza Horizon is one of the purchases that I never regret. Well, also so. if you're on Game Pass and you have Forza Horizon Five already installed, it's just there. It's just already there. Yeah, yeah it's not, you don't even consciously choose to download it when you boot up Forza Horizon Five. It's like, hey, bro, yeah. we got this whole new part of the map for if Hot you're, Wheels. Uh, if you're updating Forza Horizon 5 regularly, it's just got it there. It's there. And then it downloads like a 10 megabyte file that gives you access to the Hot Wheels thing. Yep. And also, I don't think ultimately it does matter if how much of the base game you've completed. I don't think. I mean, I think you need to have gotten past the base tutorial. But like, it just radios you and puts the thing on the map. Says, "Come here," and then it gives you all the cars you need to start it out. And yeah, you just drive to that portion I, of the map. I will say it helps if you've got a car like garage built up a bit for the recommend because you know they do recommended cars and stuff. And so like, I had cars to use for that like because they give you the Hot Wheels stuff. Yeah, as prizes. And well, stuff. they give you one car. Yeah, but first. you get you get others pretty quick. But like, 
I found doing the various races, especially the the off-road stuff, I had better non-Hot Wheels cars already in my garage that did better. Because I'd pick the Hot Wheels car and be like, okay, I'll do this because it's like it's a Hot Wheels thing. And then I'd just get my ass beat because everyone was using the same car. And then I'd switch to one of my other cars that I'd tune like, to, to be better. And it, it would, I would win every time. Like So my in-house cars worked a little better a lot of times than the cars they give you for this. Mm-hmm. But, of course, it's a little more boring Instead of playing like you know the bone shaker, you're driving like an Impreza down the yeah. <laughs> down the <plastic laughs> but you know, this also starts by the way the way the base game starts with this yeah, just a big race, which is this big cinematic race against like jet fighters, and it's awesome. It's so much fun. Again, I wish like the entire game was stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but after you get through this, it does settle into the usual. Here you're in the yeah. open world. Here's the events that you have access but to. But this is the map. Like this is what you drive around. Is yeah. this giant track with like all these loops and whirls and magnet? It's like it kind of looks like Sonic Frontiers. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> and there's like snow areas and magnetic areas and bumpy areas and volcano areas and places where like you're, it's like it, there's it was made out of glass so you go super fast. Like there's points where you go 350 miles an hour in this. Yes. Like it's it's crazy like it is it is completely unhinged racing and it's it's great to see you know forza horizon is already kind of the fun you know forza game but they just take completely take the safety off on this even even more than they did in the previous hot wheels expansion yeah i I see vincent is saying in chat the dlc isn't on game pass it absolutely is on game pass i never spent a penny and i just booted up the game and it was there it's there Mm. yeah i mean it may not be a separate download on game pass but if you have the game on game pass and you update Forza Horizon 5, it's there without spending a penny for any of it. You're watching it. I'm playing it. I did not spend a penny on this. I, it's there. So um, you may think it's not there because I, there's no separate download option for it because I also searched for Hot Wheels and couldn't find anything on Game Pass. So I just updated Forza Horizon 5 and, and loaded it up, and yeah, it was there. You, you might need to go and like manage the download and like check everything Maybe. to install because there is a little... like. Like I said, 10 megabyte file that tells Forza that you have access to the various DLC things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might need that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I've noticed that sometimes games do not automatically do like Assassin's Creed certainly does not do that. Yeah. Um, you would think a Microsoft game would. That would be a little more yeah. automatic that way. But I don't, I don't think it does. It did I, it for me. Like I did nothing. I literally just updated Forza Horizon 5. Well, I had to reinstall it because I uninstalled oh, you it. Deleted so I, it. So I don't know how that all worked. Gotcha. Um, what do you think of it so far, Matt? I like it a lot. Um, it's uh, I do think it settles back into the pattern a little too quickly. Yeah. Like okay, I'm driving around and doing the mission. Yeah. Um, and like there's a I I go back and forth between how I feel about the presentation with the characters because like like on one hand I appreciate that like the one girl I think it's Alejandra who's like the giant Hot Wheels fan and she's yeah. like constantly telling you like. Well, there are certain races where she's history she just, of Hot Wheels. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's making like a documentary about the history of Hot Wheels, and it's all accurate. Like I know yeah. a lot of that, and I remember the Hot Wheels when they, when they were coming out when I was a kid, and how like the hot, you know, I only I mostly had Matchbox cars. Like I was big enough. Oh, really? Cars, but I mostly had Matchbox, and then I only had a couple of Hot Wheels. And I do remember, I do I remember was the opposite. The Hot Wheels did roll faster. Yeah, like they, it really was true. Hot Wheels also, I liked, so I liked it because I liked like emergency vehicles and utility vehicles, and like Matchbox did real world vehicle stuff and hot wheels was more about kind of fantastical speed cars mm-hmm. um which wasn't as interesting to me because i was i was trying to replicate the stuff i saw on the road as a kid 
Um, I love that when you turn the Matchbox car over, you could see what make and model it was yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I did. I had a Hot Wheels like a garage playset where like you went down all these ramps and I stuff. I had that too. And that had like the brown Trans Am with the with the yellow Firebird yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like that. Yeah, that Trans Am was the fastest diecast car I owned. Like, yeah. That, that, they they really did uh, live up to the name. In first and, and second I, grade, when we were kids, we coveted cars. So we mm. would, while we we're waiting for the bus at the end of the day, we would sit facing each other with our legs spread out and we'd pass cars. We'd just roll them at each other. Hmm. And you could figure out very quickly that the Hot Wheels were mm-hmm. way fa- they would way faster and they would go straight. Yeah. And so the Hot Wheels were the cars. And like if you could find a car that you could whip as hard as you could and it would go fast and never turn and go straight, that was yeah. your car. Because Matchbox was- as far as as much as I love them would always roll. Yeah. Yeah. Or they skid out or something. Or they go to the side. Yeah. yeah, they would never roll straight. So it's it's pretty crazy like Listening to yeah. like so, there's a rate. There's a series of races in this where they tell you the history of Hot Wheels mm. because, as Matt said, there's a girl who's working on a documentary, and so she just, as you're racing, she just tells you all these factoids about Hot Wheels, and it was literally like going through like my kindergarten, mm-hmm. first and second grade all over. It was awesome. It took me totally yeah. back to those it's, times. It's almost enough to make you forget that you're just playing an advertisement, right? Because <laughs> that's really what it is. <laughs> now, one criticism I have with this, and I have it with the other ones too, is that. It's all very samey yeah. because the tracks are up in the sky. So all you see in the background most of the time is just the blue sky. All the tracks are either orange or blue. There's one, as you start getting further into this, though, the tracks do kind of come down to earth a little bit. Yeah, there's, there's off-road stuff and like you go off the track a bit. And there's, there's, there is a world here. But yeah. most of the, a lot of it is on these tracks. And the tracks, like you've seen the ice track now where you have very little traction. So they're, they're, they do mix it up and there's different challenges. It's a magnet track. The magnet track, the bumpy track, the stuff like that. The, the fire areas and stuff. Yeah. So that's that's there. But like, I, yeah, it loses something when you're on these plastic tracks and like you don't have the kind of, you know, I like when you're driving around the world in the main map that you can just sort of slide over to the side of the road and hit some trees and get some points that way and and skid around and tag some some fence posts and get damage points off that like you're like i don't want to drive down this road it's too curvy i'm just going to straight across the grass field here and get to where i'm going like i like that kind of freeformness and the, and the hot wheel stuff doesn't have that because you're on that track the whole time yeah um so it's it, not as varied it does you can feel a little corralled yeah. in this, i think in comparison but look at the map game. that you're seeing right now like it's, that's a lot this yeah. is all just for the hot wheels expansion that you're seeing right now yeah all of this it's pretty got, amazing so you got the, they got the four different the bi- biomes biomes the jungle and the snow and the and the desert and the volcano basically yeah Yep, and I are I'm seeing people in chat now saying that it is not on Game Pass, and they're saying that maybe I got like some special edition, and maybe they're right. Maybe the no, you actually no, we we you you gave me a code for that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, the code we got for that was of the Ultimate Edition, ah, so that's why you have the season pass. That explains it. Okay, I just remembered that when you that said that. That makes sense then. Yeah, because I just remembered I, I didn't buy that. I you got we got codes for that. For yeah, once. and it is twenty bucks. Okay. So twenty bucks is a real good price for this. I you think, think it is? I, if if you look at this and you think it looks cool, yes. If you look at it and think it looks dumb, no. Yeah, like <laughs> that's a good. You're gonna like, like you <laughs> either you either you're gonna think that opening thing where they load up on the catapults and go up the vertical ramp to jump into that track looks really really cool, or you're gonna be like, what is going on? Like yeah. what is this nonsense? Um, if you can get behind a giant orange plastic track with loop-de-loops all over the place and think that's a cool way to take your Forza cars, you're going to like this game. Um, 
if if you think that's dumb, if that's not an interesting thing to you as a as a racing player, as a driving game player, then no, this is not gonna. This this is what it, it absolutely is what you're looking at. Yeah, like there is no deceit in in this expansion. Yeah, this B roll is pretty indicative too of what you're gonna be playing. Is what you're gonna be doing. You're gonna be doing the different uh, the different uh, you know you've got the different levels of event here. And you'll be, you know, running through, you know, doing speed ones. This is a speed one, or this one has a lot of. There, there, I do think there's like there's some the hazard ones. Too many hairpins. I yeah. don't like hairpin turn. I, I, it goes a little off the rails in terms of what I want from this. Where I'm just like, oh, you want me to actually do like actually like good cornering, like driving? Yeah, you want to actually drive? <laughs> like, come on. I'm here to go around loops and drive around U bends that are going 90 degrees in the air. I'm not here to like, like you know, navigate corners. Like, and there's features too. Like, there's one part of the track where there's a big dragon, and like, yeah. there's like these things that are a part of the track that animate. It's fun. And- I I think um, I think it works best if you're like. You know, you're not done with Forza Horizon Five, and I imagine most people are not. Yeah, because you can um, just keep going for but like it's ever. Fun. <laughs> I think it's cool if you just jumping back and forth. Like, it, yeah, I, I could see myself sort of jump back to the main game, play that for a while, when I get tired of kind of being driving around in Mexico and. Being and you can more do that easily. Just jump. Because there's jump fast back, travel. Yeah, you just fast travel back over here and yeah. like jump back into the Hot Wheels thing and play some of these ridiculous things for a while and go back. back. I, I think it's a good contrast to what the main game is that's that's the great thing is like yes this does feel a little samey after probably your your ninth or tenth race mm-hmm. but like it's so different from the main game oh yeah absolutely you know? so so that is really the best thing about like an expansion is when it really you know has its own identity and this absolutely does certainly in a way that the lego one for four simply didn't in the same way and, you know, the hot wheels thing is an absolute winner uh, for this game, and they should they should keep doing it. I agree. I, I do think the price is right on the borderline, though. I'd feel better about this if it was like fifteen bucks. I think the size of the map and the size the amount of stuff to do uh, justifies a twenty dollars price tag. The question is, are you willing to do the same thing so often? You know, it it is. It, I mean, it shows its hand pretty early. Yeah. Um. But if you're cool with that, if you just want, if that's what you want, then like twenty bucks is a steal for something this this, this amount of space, it's just the square footage. It seems like Forza Horizons expansions are always twenty bucks, aren't they? I think so. It seems like honestly, I remember. honestly, I tend to just buy the season pass on these and go with it because the expansions on on the Forza Horizon games are always good. Yeah, I can't. They're, they're various. There's ones I like more than others, but I've never regretted an expansion for a Forza Horizon. Yeah, like I don't think this is the price at twenty bucks is ripping you off. I just think they've priced it like probably exactly right. Yeah, but also I, I, also I think that is pretty much the price if you buy the season pass because you get both expansions and I think it was like thirty five, thirty thirty five. It's like it's pretty close to what it should. I don't know what the other expansion is going to be. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they've announced it yet. I don't think what I, the next one. If they be. did, I missed it. It would be dumb to announce it, but you yeah. just put this one out. I will say I'm very curious what it's going to be because I would not want to have to follow this up. Yeah. I mean, if I'm making racing games right now, I wouldn't want to have to compete with this series. No, Let's not just at be all. honest. Like, it's hard to beat, man. They've kind of got it all nailed at this point. And the fact that they're able to add expansions like this that are so foreign from the base game mm-hmm. and make it work still, not a lot of racing franchises can get away with that. So, nope. I am. Um, Gran Turismo doesn't even try. No, it doesn't so. try. Yeah. Um, so, I would hate to have to compete with this franchise. It is the de facto to me racing franchise when people talk about racing games modern racing games in our industry this is what my mind goes yeah. to if i was like working on like the new need for speed or something i think i would see this and just like have to take a day yeah <laughs> you know, yeah like, just like because yeah for real um so it is 20 bucks um and it is not we've now figured it all out between chat and myself that it is not free on game pass how do you feel about that matt 
I mean, I feel like that's how it normally works. Like the game. But is, should it be free on Game Pass? Expansions are generally not free on Game Pass. I know, but should they be? I don't see why. I mean, that's kind of. A, you I know, mean, they're giving you all their first party content, but that they've decided is a stretch too far. It's a little weird, I think. Yeah. I mean, if you like the game and got it for free, throw them some money and get you to get the expansion. I can go with that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're a Game Pass subscriber, you're never going to be ripped off. You're always winning. And remember, winning. It's, al- it's also a, a, a business decision in the sense that, like, you know, if you ever stop subscribing to Game Pass, that's a, you know, you're like, oh, this, the DLC I bought doesn't work anymore because I don't own that game. Actually, how does that work? I want. I guess if you would buy the retail version, then it would still be able to yeah, connect you'd, to you'd the still DLC be able to and it'd be fine. Yeah, it'd yeah. be fine. You just own the game instead of having it on Game Pass. But, like, it does give you an incentive to own the game. For sure. Not that I think Microsoft published stuff would ever leave Game Pass. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying if, like, you don't subscribe to Game Pass anymore. Yeah, I think it would just, you'd have to buy the game if you wanted yeah. to play it. Yeah. Which, Which is understandable, fair, I guess. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the difficulty in this? Um, that first car they give you, I did not like driving it. Did you? Uh, the Bone Shaker? Yeah. No, I switched I switched back to my Impreza and my Bronco pretty quick there. Yeah. For the I stuck with it for whatever reason, because I'm like, oh, if I'm going to get record um, B-roll, but as soon wheels, as, I should do As soon as I got wheel. the, uh, what is it, the car from um, the Camaro? Yeah. Or was it Camaro? I have a Camaro as well. Yeah. The, as soon as I got the Camaro, I switched to that and never looked back. Yeah, really. me too. Yeah, I once, because they force you to... Don't you, aren't you forced to race with it the first time? Yeah, that's the first um, uh, history right. lesson. Yeah, one. and then after that, it's unlocked. They give it to it. you. Yeah, they give you a car every time you do. You basically, you get the original wave of Hot Wheels cars. Yeah. Or you get a Hot Wheels car for... There's what, that, 16? Yeah, there's a, you, get a, you get a Hot Wheels car that like is, is applicable to the history lesson in each one, basically. Right, right. Um, of the era they're talking about. So that's good. Yeah. But yeah, the first one they start you with is not amazing. Vincent says this will leave Game Pass in five years when the license expires. Oh yeah, the Forza games do eventually expire. That's yeah, because they have to sign the license with. Hot but Wheels. when that happens, they're going to sell it for like five dollars. So yeah, like, the Forza, the Forza going out of the license sales are fire sale. Like yeah. you can get them for almost nothing. Yeah, and at that point, it's five years later, so a lot of people don't really care anyway because yeah. there'll be Forza Horizon Six by then that we'll all be worried about. So. Mm-hmm. It won't matter all that much. And if you haven't got your playtime out of five years of having this DLC, then that's on you. That's not on Microsoft. Um, but I had a lot of fun with this. It was good to just go back and play this game again, honestly. Mm-hmm. It just being kind of forced to go back and play it again. Like, I played all the Hot Wheels stuff, but then I also, as you said, I jumped right back into, like, the the base game again. I started playing a lot of the base stuff again, where I had access to more cars and things like that. I had forgotten a lot about the base mm-hmm. game as well, so it was nice to go. Well, back I have and play I it. had so many like VIP wheel spins in my mailbox. That I had ten. I had like twenty five. <laughs> really? Because like, I hadn't logged in in forever. Yeah, I had ten waiting for me, and um, yeah, and I out of those ten, I got two cars, and just tons of credits. I got more cars than that, but a lot of it was just like oh, five thousand credits. We. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got some. I got some some rare horns and some. I got a Michael Jackson victory dance and stuff yeah some good stuff in there I, yeah. like, I like the wheel spin thing it's a nice like it's a nice little like serotonin shot it know? is it's like... <laughs> that's, why, that's why casinos are palaces mm-hmm. and not dumps <laughs> uh but anyway that's forza horizon 5 the hot wheels dlc again it is 20 dollars, and you do have to have the base game and then as i think maybe a couple weeks ago i hinted that maybe you needed to finish the base game to play it you do not um you really doesn't seem like you have to have finished anything to be able to play the Hot Wheels DLC. I do think the 20 bucks is right on the edge of being too much. Matt seems to think it's okay. So ultimately, it's probably okay mm-hmm. um, with what they're asking for it. 
Okay, let's move along. We're going to talk next about Live Alive. And not for a long time. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. We're not going to spend 20 minutes talking about this game. But it was one of the bigger releases from this week. It is a Switch exclusive. It started as a JRPG in 1994 from Square when it was mm -hmm. just called Square before it was Square Enix. Um, Square Soft. Yeah. It was between two other big JRPGs that I cannot remember the name of right now. It was between Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger. That's it. Yeah. And it's very weird because the same guy who worked on those games worked on this game. Mm -hmm. It is a, a turn-based RPG like those games, but it takes place in, well, initially it seems like it's seven different time periods, but as you play through all of those seven time periods, at the end, they all get tied together and then the final two chapters are kind of all the time periods together in one. So ultimately, there's like nine chapters that you play through. But when you boot it up, there's seven different time periods that you actually choose from. Um, the thing about having seven different settings for a game is that you can't ever let any of those go too far. Because... Every time somebody starts a game again, you have to reintroduce everything to them again. So you can't allow any of them to get too far ahead or different from any of the other ones because they all have to work together sort of congruently, which is something I've never really experienced before in a video game. Um, I mean, this is Saga Frontier. Yeah. Like that. Um, Octopath Traveler kind of fainted in that direction, but never managed to find a way to make it all come together properly yeah um that was actually and actually knowing i mean i haven't played this like this was this was one of the games back in the early days of the internet where if someone had played the import because it never came here if someone played the import of this they were like bragging about it they were like yeah. oh i played live alive but you guys are just gonna have to play chrono trigger oh that's too bad yeah. it was like and it's it, well know, they were wrong of course <laughs> it's not as good as chrono trigger <laughs> you're not. out of your mind if you think it's better than chrono trigger um but it is the predecessor yeah. to things like saga frontier and sort of the stuff that happened on the ps1 that was like you know all these different disparate characters coming together and and forming that i think saga frontier or some of the saga games tend to be pretty um unplayable to me i just don't i never liked those games very much mm -hmm. um and this i'm curious about this like i played a rom of it a long time ago with like a fan translation that i thought was cool but like it didn't hook me really yeah well this has been completely redone like this is a yeah. brand new game with the same concept basically it has the weird 2D sprites combined mm. with polygonal environments look. As... For the first time, it looks like Square finally like recreated the sprites pretty well. Like a lot of times, they do that with these these old like they did it with Chrono Trigger, and it looked like a horror show. The sprite animation in this is pretty amazing, actually. Like this looks like legitimately like if you took a Super Nintendo game and like modernized it. Yeah, this is pretty much what it looked like. Um, so I guess they finally figured it out. Yeah, I mean, the animation for the sprites in some of the scenes is pretty impressive. Yeah, like I'd be down with a Final Fantasy VI remake that looked like this. Yeah. I can see that. It's a little... It's also... It's, it, it kind of swims in the same waters as, as Dusk Falls, meaning that it's this combination of 2D with polygonal visuals that where they'll, like, the camera will zoom around these polygonal objects and provide depth while this 2D sprite, like, walks into the scene. It's a little jarring at times. Mm. I've um, always found that whole... That a little bit... I mean, it's been jarring back to the PS1 days, yeah. really. Um looks all right like it, it gets it gets the job done yep um the consistent thread that ties all seven of the campaigns together is the villain 
no surprise. I don't think that's a spoiler either. Um, that's the one common denominator. It's an evil that transcends time, essentially. And that's what ties it all together. In all seven of these campaigns, you are fighting against the same evil, no matter what the time period is. And the time periods are all mm -hmm. over the place. There's the Wild West. You're seeing prehistoric times right now. There's, like... Um, the Ming Dynasty that you can play through. There's like the near future, which is kind of like now. There, because this was made in 1994. Mm. So the near future is actually now. <laughs> and then there's a the far future where you play on a space station where you're transporting a gigantic monster and people are afraid the monster is going to be released and the crew is in stasis and you have to wake them all up and blah, blah, you blah. You see why they didn't think this and Chrono Trigger should be released next to each other yes. in, the, in the West. Because <laughs> there's, there's a lot of similarity there. Yeah. Um, and so the, the settings are all different, like crazily different. And the way the presentation works for each one of those is entirely different. And that's what really what sets them apart because the gameplay itself is pretty much the same, no matter which mm. of the seven that you're playing. It is a turn-based strategy RPG. Now, one thing I will say is that the way the attacks work in this, and it's a square grid, so it's not a hexagonal grid. Um, the way that the attacks work in this, the patterns are insane. <laughs> So a lot of the attacks in this almost work like chess pieces. Like some of them operate like the rook, meaning that all the attacks go on a di diagonal angle. Um, some are, or that would be the, that would not be the rook. The rook goes on parallel lines, actually. So which is one that goes diagonal? The, the bishop. Bishop. So some are like the bishop. It can only go diagonal. Some are like the rook. It can only go like in straight lines, either up or side, up and down or sideways. And that's kind of the trick to the combat is like figuring out what attack you want to use and then lining up all the enemies on the grid so you can attack as many as you can with each attack. And that's typical strategy RPG stuff. But in this, the attack patterns are really varied and it does kind of impart a little bit of a chess aesthetic to it. And as I said, there's little touches to each of the seven that set them apart. In this one, you're in the overworld right now. And in this one, you have the ability to smell. <laughs> and mm. you're a caveman. And so you can smell, and that will reveal the enemies in the overworld. Um, and then in the other ones, there's other ways that you reveal the enemies in the overworld. So there's really no random encounters in this. You can always see the enemies. It's easy to avoid them if you want to, or if you want to fight them, you can. Um, but that's kind of how each of the chapters are set apart, because otherwise... The actual combat is pretty much the same across all of them. Now, the chapters are definitely hit or miss. Some of them are really bad. Some of them are really good. My favorite one is the Old West. Um, you play as like this desperado comes riding into town. You go into the local bar and you're wanted and um, you don't know why you're wanted. And then suddenly another threat comes on the town and this guy who's been hunting you, you end up teaming up with to protect the town from all the nasty varmints who are trying to invade the town and like rob the townspeople. So you end up like working together and it's almost like um, tower defense a little bit and how you're using yourself and the townspeople to protect the town from these desperados who are trying to come in and rob everybody. That one's great. The far flung future one, the one that takes place on the space station is awful. You play as this like little droid, is bereft of character. It takes way too long to figure out what you're supposed to do. Um, the map feature in this is not great, and in that one in particular, you're kind of wandering around this space station where everything looks the same, and there's elevators, and 
it gets very confusing very quickly and it's very hard to get into. And then kind of the other ones just kind of fall in the middle. And I think a lot of that, your mileage will vary depending on what kind of things you're actually interested in. So the campaigns are hit or miss and the, their lengths are hit or miss too. Like there's one that I got through in like less than an hour. The old West one took me well over two hours. Like I never played one that was longer than three. And I did not finish the game. I did not complete all of the chapters in this. So there may be some maybe that are a little longer or shorter. If it, but If it matches the way the Saga games did, there's more chapters afterwards that continue things. Gotcha. And then probably there's some stuff that brings them all together at once. Well, that's what happens in the last couple chapters of this. Because when mm -hmm. you first start, you think there's only seven, but ultimately there are nine. So eventually you discover the mm -hmm. evil and fight the evil in all these different chapters. And then you, I would assume you join forces to fight the evil to the end somehow. I don't know how they rationalize the fact that these people come from all different time periods probably just some weird device that just warps them all to some to one place or whatever or they might fight them a monster might exist in all times simultaneously and you just mm -hmm. fight fight it all at once oh, in their own time like a metaverse the multiverse sort of yeah <laughs> um you can also jump between chapters as you choose inside one game save or if you want to you can there's tons of save slots, so you can just start a new save slot and start in one of the other time periods if you want to. There's a lot of flexibility in how you choose which of the seven time periods that you play through. The other thing is this game is very mature. I was really surprised at some of the text in this. Like, There's one scene inside a bar where a girl talks about how men have things dangling between their legs. Like, there's a lot of conversation like that. So this is not a game for kids. Although it may look like a game for kids, you may think, oh, I can buy this for Johnny on his Switch. And he can, no. You should, do not buy this for the kids in your family who have a Switch. It is not appropriate for kids of a young age. And I was surprised by that. I had never played this back when it came out, like most Americans. Um, and I had no idea that it had this stuff in it, Matt. Like, it doesn't pull punches. There's a lot of dialogue of, in this. So I was a lot like, of this stuff then did, and they just removed it when they localized it for uh, American audiences because we were afraid of penises. They did not do that in this. No, they, they don't really do that anymore. It is a faithful translation. They do not pull any punches for the uh, Western version of this at all. Um, but, yeah, some of the scenarios are crazy. Like, the near future chapter, you play as, like, an orphan with telepathic powers. And then he teams up with this crew of allies that must stop a tech company that's trafficking in human souls. Like, it is very quirky, avant-garde, off-kilter. Stuff happens in this game all the time that catches you off-guard that you don't expect. Like, from the dialogue and some of the words that they use to the scenarios that the game places you in. I mean, I'll say this, Matt. I've never played another game like this. Ever. Hmm. And... There's good parts of that. There's bad parts of that, to be honest. Um, what else can I say about this? The battles are pretty strategic. Like I said, it, I do feel like a lot of times there's a chess element to it, but then it's all undone by the fact that it's so easy. Like most of the battles end like with one attack. Like the enemies are just, they can't take a lot of damage. And it seems like your playable characters are, are OP. The other thing that I should mention is you start these... And your characters start at varying levels. Like the the prehistoric one, I think I started at level 3. The Old West one, I think I started at level 7. Um, the near, or the far-flung future one, I think I started at level 9. And that obviously alters, like, what attacks you have. Um, and as you play, you learn new attacks. The other thing I would say, too, is that, like, leveling up is all automatic. You don't get to choose, like, where the attribute points go. You level up and it just automatically gives you like increases to your stats. 
Gear is very simple in this game. Um, it's very streamlined. So the 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 rub, the irony of this is that it is kind of a my first JRPG. Like it's kind of made for kids, and that it's really simple. But then the actual subject matter of it makes it not really for kids. And mm -hmm. I would struggle to say like most adults would enjoy playing this game, honestly. Um, there's some strategy added to some of the battles. Like sometimes they'll put leaders on the field. And with the leaders in this game, you can kill the leader and it ends the battle. But the leader will be on the field with like five or ten of his minions or whatever. And it's easy to be like, oh, okay, I'll just, you know, wipe out all the minions and take him on. You can actually be strategic about it and cut a path through the minions straight to the leader. And if you kill the leader, the battle's over. Um, as I said, there's four people in each party. You can choose the order of your party. They're basically shaped in a diamond. So you want your strongest party member at the front of the diamond, your weakest, your spellcaster, your your support character at the back of the diamond. It's, again, very, very simple if you've played any strategy RPGs in the past. Really what you're counting on here is the different settings and the quirky characters and the writing and the plot to kind of carry you through the game. Um, because otherwise, it's as I said, my first strategy RPG for the most part. Um, no, it was early days. Yeah, and there's elemental stuff to it too. Like with your spell casters, you can again, this adds a layer of strategy to it. You can choose squares to imbue with elemental properties. So you can set a square on fire. You can ice a square and that affects how the enemies are kind of herded on the map screen or on the battle screen. And you can again, you can use that strategically to separate the leader from the minions and take out the leader and end the battle right away. So there is some semblance of depth to the combat ultimately, but not really. <laughs> the visuals, I mean, you've kind of seen them at this point. There aren't a lot of games that look like this unless you talk about the other games that this studio made like Octopath Traveler. But for the most part, you're not gonna see sort of 3D environments mixed with uh, 2D characters all that often. And it is still a style that stands out and feels unique, but mm. Bad Ultimate. breaking news. What'd you say? Bad breaking news what? in the chat. The KOTOR remake is indefinitely delayed. Why? They Apparently Aspire fired two directors abruptly this week and said the project is on hold until they figure out what to do next. Weird. You wouldn't think that would be a complex thing. Okay, so maybe you do want to play Live Alive. Let me let me reconfigure uh, my opinions on it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Still, I, would, I struggle. Look what you did. What? I made them cancel KOTOR. Yeah. They canceled KOTOR because he didn't like Live Alive. <laughs> um, I would struggle to tell people to play this. I know a lot of times... I think it's cool that it's available and they yeah. brought it over eventually. Like I'm in no rush to get to it. I'm surprised know? that Square Enix decided to devote resources to this. I'll be I honest. I think these things sell well. Do I think they? these like these retro throwback things like well sell enough. well. And it was just you know that audience has, has a, enough of an interest in this game because it never came here that I think it you know it was enough of a stir. And, it's a forbidden know, fruit thing, and there's a, you know I do think it has that look of Octopath, and you know that HD 2D thing is is hot right now for you know, for that certain. It audience. does seem to be a thing right now, um, yeah. and you're still kind of you're between Octopath games now. Like it makes sense as sort of a filler game. To yeah, me. Um, this couldn't have been a super expensive project, so I'm sure it'll work out for them. Here's a good example of what I was talking about: how they really lean into the 3D environments with the. 2D yeah, that's characters. an interesting uh, approach to it. Um, 
Like that works. Like once you throw in a sprite on there, and then here he comes riding weird. the horse. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little strange. Like but... it looks better like we zoomed out like that. I think I'm think it's good they didn't try a close up. Yes, it's, that's yeah. a good point, Matt. <laughs> You're definitely right on on that one. Um, and just quickly, I'll, I'll jump through the B-roll here so you can see kind of like the far future space stuff. Um, just see that there's such a variety of content in this mm-hmm. game. It really does run the gamut. And again, it is, I mean, the saga games are definitely descendants of this. Like yeah. The, you know, where there's all these, I mean, they're not as eclectic maybe in setting, but there's stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Octopath as well. I mean, I do think like a lot of these games have trouble sticking the landing in terms of bringing it all together sensibly. Uh, Octopath in particular was very bad about that. Yeah. I thought like, it was, like Octopath's problem was that um, when the characters did, cross over and meet each other they never did anything with each other right like because you were allowed to play everything in whatever order once the characters teamed up and got together none of the other characters could have any role in one other character's story because if you didn't have that character yet you wouldn't be able to play that part of the story so everybody just kind of fills these generic roles and it just feels bleh yeah um this this looks like it does a smarter thing where they just never meet each other, really. <laughs> um, and they're just parallel stories. Yeah. Uh, Vincent is saying that this could come to Game Pass, though I don't know. He's saying Octopath Traveler did so this might, but I got review code for this sent to me by Nintendo. Mm. Octopath Traveler, all that stuff, I get review code sent to me from Square Enix. That is interesting. So I'm thinking there may be some kind of a deal with this game with Nintendo and Square Enix where it's not going to come to other platforms or maybe it will like it's a timed exclusive thing. It's it's very rare for me to get review code from Nintendo for something that it does not have control of Mm. over a long period of time. So I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Um, but I would not pay full price for this game. I would wait to see a discount. How much is it? Like 20? I think it's... 30 bucks 30 i don't know i actually i didn't check because i got code sent to me by nintendo so um i don't know how much this maybe i mean square does charge obscene amounts of money for its remasters and and pixel remakes i mean octopath travelers like at least 30 bucks at least that's a new game yeah um but this i mean let's be honest this is a new game like this has very little anything (laughs) i mean but they literally had to just start all over but i'm talking about stuff like like the chrono trigger Massacre. Oh, guy, guy. I see like what you're that. saying. It's fifty. Fifty bucks? No. <laughs> Screw that. That's the square. Enix. I mean, I think that's how much Octopath Traveler is. I think those are fifty bucks too. Yeah, but I think Octopath, Octopath Traveler is a like more interesting game to me in terms of just Agreed. the, the yeah. combat system in that game is way, way better. more interesting. Oh yeah, uh, not even close. Because it was made two years ago right. and not twenty five years yeah. ago. You know, it's just, for fifty bucks, stay so far. It's not away a fair comparison, <laughs> but it's also you forced me to make the comparison because you're charging fifty goddamn dollars for that's it. That's a lot. But I mean, I that's in line. That's in line with their ridiculous pricing. You know, like the Final Fantasy remasters are like. 40 bucks the, this game like, is gonna flop so hard at 50 bucks Chron- i think chrono trigger came when chrono trigger when, when chrono trigger got it's like on i think on pc uh mobile too like like the app store it was like 25 bucks for like <laughs> final fantasy 6 with a horrible smeared pixel te- it was just this dirty pool they're they're they're, 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 they try, price stuff horribly do not spend 50 dollars for live alive pro tip <laughs> yeah. you not, play the demo There's i would demo. play i would maybe pay 20 bucks for this maybe they have a demo there's a demo for it? Yeah, you played that. That's probably enough, honestly, of this. You're definitely going to know, I You think. will definitely know whether you want to spend the rest. I would never spend 50 bucks on this. I would spend 20 and... I mean, the other thing, too, is the game itself is only 18 hours long, so it's also not a really long game. Mm. 
Um, yeah, why well, pay fifty? You pay fifty bucks for this one, you can wait like three days and get Xenoblade, right? Uh, for no, ten bucks it's more, insane. No, not gonna yeah. happen. This, this is a dumb decision by Square Enix. I think it's counting more on like the the oh, I missed out on it, the FOMO from like twenty some years oh, ago. A, I mean, that's I mean, that's all that's you what they're heard. Trafficking in. Well, that's yeah. all you heard when they announced it. it was like, yeah. oh my god, I finally get to play live alive. I'm just like, okay. Uh, <laughs> wait yep. until you hear the price, kid. Yeah. If you ever see this for twenty bucks, consider it. Fifty dollars, just blah. That's insane. I wonder everybody's excited for it, that it might come to Game Pass. Yeah, because <laughs> they're like, I'm not paying fifty bucks for it, and I don't blame them. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's Live Alive, and this is a complete remake of a game from 1994, completely built again from the ground up, brand new art style, everything. Scenario is basically the same. A lot of the writing is the same, um, except as Matt pointed out, like they have not pulled punches in the translation for this, so it is not made. For the young ones in your family. Okay, let's move along. We're going to talk next about Ubisoft. Hmm. Matt, what in the hell is going on at Ubisoft? I don't know. I mean, we've talked about Ubisoft, how it's flying off the rails a couple times in the last six months or so of, of Game Face. And then in the last seven days, there are, let me count them really quickly here. One, two, three, four, five huge stories that could pretty much all be described as a disaster mm-hmm. in one week for Ubisoft because it's it was earnings week. So a mm-hmm. lot of gaming publishers were sharing what's coming down the pike as far as like their future plans and the releases. Were any of them that roller derby game? Yes, that is one of the stories mm-hmm. we're going to discuss. But first, we're going to talk about the new Avatar video game. It has been delayed, Matt. Um, <laughs> So the movie's coming out December 16th, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Now, the rest, video... Rest in peace, Shazam 2. Yeah. I, they, need, they need to move that movie. They will. I bet they do. Um, now, the game is going to launch in the 2023 to 2024 window. Wow. The earliest they say that we could possibly see it, because they've already said it's definitely outside of their fiscal year. So the absolute earliest we can see it is March 31st mm-hmm. of 2023. But Ubisoft is hinting that, no, it's probably not coming then either. Well, then I would say you're probably going to see it near the end of 2024. You think it'll be a Q4 game of next year? or the end of 24 or 23? 2024. 24? Yeah. So, like, two and a half years from now? Yep. How come? Because that's when Avatar 3 comes out. Nuh-uh. Yeah, you think they'll wait the, for the next film? I think that's wise. <laughs> I, think they'll, I think you wait and launch this alongside an Avatar film. Yeah. This was supposed to come out in a few months. Yeah. And now it could be delayed like two years? That's yeah. insane. Avatar 3 is December 20th, 2024. Um, so I would say you try to get in close to that. Because otherwise, what are you doing? You're putting up against in a year there's no Avatar. I mean, that's the other option. I guess you could put it at the end of next year because there's no Avatar film. And be like, oh, you want some Avatar? A hit of Avatar? Play the game kind of thing. Yeah. That's You could do that. Put it in the middle to keep the hype going between films. If there is any um i don't know like that's but if they're if they're already saying like yeah maybe 2024 we don't know like that says that there's a real chance of late 2024 that's i mean they're two years <laughs> two years out they're already saying like get ready it might be 2024 that probably means 2024 that's yeah. terrible that's insane I mean, Ubisoft's kind of in dire straits here. We're going to get to some of this it's other stuff. It's very weird that they don't seem to be able to get anything out the door. Anymore. Yeah. Like, Rabbids is Everything's about delayed. at this point. Yeah. 
It is. This is under development by Massive Entertainment, which is the developer of The Division, which, for the most part, that studio's been great at getting stuff done on time. But not in this case, for whatever reason. It could have something to do with COVID, I don't know. But we're not going to be playing an Avatar video game for a long time, and definitely a good stretch of time after the film comes out in December. Matt, is it just me, or does it seem like the film is not really generating a lot of excitement or anticipation? No, I mean, they haven't really shown anything. It's just the one teaser. Yeah. Um, also, the movie came out 13 years ago mm-hmm. and had no, almost no impact on the zeitgeist. Like, yeah, it's the number one movie of all time, but, like, most people can't name the characters in it. Yeah, I can't. Like, it's just, it was, a, it was a theme park ride. Everybody got on the 3D thing, and they watched the thing, and that was, you know, it had about as much impact as Space Mountain. You know, it's mm-hmm. fun, and you're like, oh, that was cool, and then you left the theater and forgot about it. And then on top of that, part of the problem was like for a long time, Avatar on like Blu-ray was limited. To, you get, you had to buy a specific brand of TV, 3D TV, and then they would send you the the disc. So you couldn't just get Avatar right. for a while. That's right. So it kind of like the home <laughs> video market didn't didn't exist to reinforce it. So you know, because a lot of times movies like that gain you know kind of gain cachet by sort of people watching it over and over when they you know like the Matrix did on DVD, and. Um, it just didn't happen with this one. I mean, there's not so it's not much there story-wise. It's just it's a it's a tech demo. It's a, it's a big theme park ride. It's not a particularly compelling story. Um, now I will say this: um, uh, anyone who knows anything about movies knows better than the bet against James Cameron, right? Um, do I think Avatar Two is going to be the new number one movie of all time? No. Yeah. Uh, at the very least, even if it makes the money that Avatar One did, which I don't think it will. I think it'll make a billion something, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to make two point five billion. Uh, Avatar One is being re-released in IMAX this September and is never going to be catchable again after that. The box office total, because um, remember, Endgame beat it, and then they re-released Avatar <laughs> to get to beat Endgame. That's again, so dirty. Because James Cameron cares about that <laughs> shit. And why would he? A man with that kind of wealth, like, why would you even care? He, because all you have left is ego, I guess. It's ego, of course. Yeah. But, but if that, James Cameron can have an ego, yeah, I, I get, he deserves he, it. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he earned his stripes on yeah. that one. But yeah, he was not going to be number two. For, for, <laughs> That's he's hilarious. Been, James Cameron has had the number one box office film of all time since 1997, and he was going to be damned if a bunch of superheroes took it away from him. Yeah. Um. And so, on one hand, as much as I love Avengers Endgame and do not particularly like Avatar, I gotta respect that. Yeah, I get um, it. The man has spent more time with the Titanic than the people who were on the Titanic. <laughs> he, he, he sees what he wants, and he goes and he gets it. That's true. Um, yeah. Now, I will say this. As much as I am not particularly interested in an Avatar sequel, because I didn't care about the first one, there are very few people on the planet who do sequels, be- do, a, do a number two movie better than James Cameron. Terminator 2. Yeah. Aliens. Yeah. Like, you can't beat those. Yeah. And... If he says he's got an idea for a sequel to Avatar, it's worth checking. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a chance. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. You know. Fair enough. Um. So we'll see. Like you know, if if, if uh, the first one was sort of like you know the tech demo and the thrill of the 3D thing and sort of like oh look at this thing we can do now and that was what sold Avatar. James Cameron is smart enough to know that for the second one you can't just ride on that same thing. You're not bringing back 3D movies as a trend. Yeah, there's no gimmick that you can yeah. use anymore. You're yeah. gonna have to tell a compelling a story movie. and really, really movie. do that. And James Cameron can do that. Yeah. So I have no reason to believe he's not going to. 
So, you know, Avatar is really the only movie he's ever made that I'm kind of meh on. Everything mm-hmm. else, I don't like True Lies all that much, really. But everything else he's made, I think, is... Man's, man's only made seven movies. That's insane. He's made seven movies. <laughs> he's made seven movies, and almost every single one of them has changed how movies are made. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't slight the guy. So, I know yeah. a lot of people do, but I don't. And I th- I'm sure part of this is I'm sure he has, like, veto power over what this game is and what it can be. And I'm sure that a lot of this might very well be they are not making a game that lives up to what he thinks needs to be Avatar quality. Which I would be surprised because Massive's really good. Like, I like Maybe, the Division games a lot. But, like, it's I, I'm not saying that Massive is incapable of it. I'm just saying that, like, you're trying to get hundreds of people to work together on one thing. And James Cameron is the one guy in charge of his movie. He can veto they it. They are two very different things. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and you're kind of, I'm sure they're getting like feedback on oh, this, 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 and then make it. He's like, mm, that's not what I was thinking of. Um, and sometimes you run into problems with like kind of film versus, you know, game stuff where like people think that like, oh, I can just change that. Yeah. It's like, it's not like a reshoot, dude. We got to reprogram that for like a month. You yeah. Know? Um, it's uh we'll see, even yeah. reshoots are a pain in the ass also let's also set let's also not again. forget that the other avatar game they made was terrible so right. i'm you know there's a little bit of like we can't screw this one up and i'm sure that cameron or and, cameron's like you can't screw yeah, this they're up. Like, yeah cameron knows games <laughs> yeah. cameron plays games you know, he, yeah he knows his stuff there to some degree and like i'm sure he's like well we can't have what happened last time happen this time yeah so i i'm they're gonna sit on this thing until it's done until it works so yeah and there's a lot of people that go around saying that that's what needs to happen with video games. So, like, why are you complaining? Like, What do you what? mean? Just, like, making sure they're finished? Like, stop. Yeah, they, they complain about Ubisoft and other companies, like, releasing stuff that's unfinished and clearly wasn't done and they shit it out anyway to get the money. Or like, uh, I mean, I'd never ask a developer or a publisher to do that. No. I never want them to put out Well, you're not, but, games. like, have you been on Twitter lately? Because that's constant. It is constant. Um, yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, just release a piece of crap. But, like, yeah, this is surprising, but at the very least, so it's like, my, there's a chance this My expectations aren't dashed. There's a chance this one might be good if they can sit on it long enough and make it into something special. Yeah. Will they do that? I don't know. Ubisoft hasn't done well, that in they a while. Get two more years on it it better be special that's all i, I gotta know. say how long has skull and bones been working on that? you know like well i think the only reason it came back is because of all the stuff we're about to talk about right this is going to show you why skull and bones came back i mean so a couple a couple of years two three years ago like everyone i knew at ubisoft was just like the company doesn't know what they're doing mm-hmm. like they don't know what they're doing next and they were right like they had no plan past valhalla they were right and it was like oh wow like really I was like well they'll come up with something they're a giant multinational conglomerate that's got to have a plan going for no apparently not <laughs> it's pretty bizarre we're gonna make this game for nintendo and that's about it I, yeah. it's, it's like all this other stuff is in this weird limbo development hell state yep well you were about to find out so that was avatar next up assassin's creed rift also delayed this this news mm-hmm. comes from uh jason schreier from bloomberg it's being pushed from February to the spring, which means May to June 2023. Um, this is supposed to be like a spin-off Assassin's Creed. Mm. This wasn't supposed to be a mainline entry in the franchise. Yeah, we're all sitting around waiting for Infinity for that. Yep. Um, it was actually originally planned as an expansion to Valhalla. Oh, God. Thank and God then they didn't it morphed into a standalone game in order to fill holes in I Ubisoft's catalog. I desperately need to do something in a different area, please. Yeah. It's being developed by Ubisoft Bordeaux. Um, I love you, Avor, but I'm done with you. But it's running way behind schedule. And it, although they're saying it's going to be debuted, Ubisoft claims it's going to be debuted in September. So we'll get the first look at it then. And then it'll come out mid-year <laughs> next year. It's going to be debuted in two weeks when someone leaves a laptop open on a plane. That's, yeah. that's, that's what's going to happen. So that's going to be two holidays without a new Assassin's Creed game in a row. Mm-hmm. That's really bad. <laughs> um... 
And this is a spinoff. This studio, I have to admit, though, I've never really heard anything about them. So it's not that surprising to me that it may not be able to complete the project on time, combined with COVID and work from home and all the other stuff that everyone has to deal with right now. Um, I can see why it might be tough for that studio to get it complete. But again, it's another game that was supposed to be a Q4 game for Ubisoft that is not going to be there now. It Basically, Ubisoft's Q4 has Mario plus Rabbids and Skull and Bones. That's Ubisoft's rest of the year, basically, at this point. So Assassin's Creed Rift was delayed. Next up, Ghost Recon Frontline completely canceled. This was the mobile battle royale game that everybody hated as soon as it was debuted um ubisoft is saying that it was canceled due to quote the changing financial environment what does that mean is nobody was willing to pay for it (laughs) (laughs) exactly they're like nobody wants this (laughs) um yeah and it did provided no further details beyond that but this game was debuted People hated it. They're like, what is this crap? Well, nobody wants a free-to-play multiplayer Ghost Recon. For, for all its faults, with Breakpoint, like Breakpoint was following the template of Wildlands. Wildlands was a crazy hit. Like, they they just need to make more Wildlands, basically. Yeah. Well, Frontline was a team-based, four-player team-based battle royale game. Yeah, but I don't think... Nobody wants that from Ghost Recon. Ghost Recon is a co-op game. That's right. what people like about it. Yeah. Well, people you, you play are this, playing cooperatively go... with three other... You were going to play with three other play- players, but... Right, but it was going to be 4v4, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so that's not what people don't want. That. If people want that, they're going to play Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so this game was just canned. It seems like there was a lot of work done to it, but it's done. It's it's going away. Um, I guess we finally learned the limit of like, because there's always that sort of thing where it's like, well, I get the free to play thing up, you got the infrastructure there, you got to launch it just to get what you can get. Yeah. I guess we found the limit of that. It also had a play test scheduled for it. That was canceled a yeah. while ago. That was kind of the first nail in the coffin. And they canceled it because of the response. People were like, what? And I should clarify also, this was not a mobile game. This was um, a console and PC game. I think I said mobile when we first started discussing mm-hmm. it. So free to play. It's a. Yeah. It's a free-to-play Battle Royale game set in the Ghost Recon universe, basically, 4v4. And you're never going to play it. So all your complaining work. I was never going to play it anyway. (laughs) I do wonder when people complain about games like this and they get canceled, if they feel good about themselves. I don't know. Like, what emotions do they feel? Someone someone made a good point uh, on Twitter that, like, about the Daredevil show that's coming up, where it's like... They're taking it away from Netflix. Well, I mean, that was inevitable because of... This, yeah, this, the whole license, the yeah. licensing. But like, um, yeah, and I, be- I believe that it's going to basically be a soft reboot. I don't think they're ever going to mention the Netflix stuff. Oh, really? So yeah. it's act like it never happened. Act like it never happened, and everyone can kind of pretend the Netflix stuff still happened until Feige decides that he wants to do Electra correctly, and then it will be in incontro- incontrovertible that it is contradicting the Netflix version. No, oh, okay. Uh, but they are bringing like they re-signed the guy who played Foggy. They're probably going to announce the woman who played Karen is coming back. Like I think it's going to be most of the original cast back. However, someone pointed out that, like, you know, Daredevil's coming back with an 18-episode show, and the fans of Darede- of that Daredevil show, which was not one of, not me, I'm, I wasn't a huge fan of that I loved stuff. season one. Season one was good. Season one I loved. Season two, I got halfway through it, and I don't think I've well, ever Well, because halfway it. through season one, they stopped doing the interesting Punisher trial and switched to the weird hand crap with yeah. the ninjas in the hole. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the fans of that 
show got got now they're getting more Daredevil, and they did it by being passionate fans, but they never harassed executives. They never sent death threats to the studio. They never, you know, brigaded uh, other projects with low user reviews. They never hired you know millions of bots to like make a fake campaign on Twitter. Like they just said, we like this thing and would like more, and they said it over and over and over again in a respectful manner. And here they got a new eighteen episode series. And where's your Snyderverse now, yeah. people? Um, so I think, you know, there, there is a way to be rewarded by being a respectful, respectful. fan. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just saying, this is what we want. And we like yeah. this. And it would be cool if we got more of this. And Apparently, it, it also works with Ubisoft. You can be a jerk and they'll cancel the project for you. Yeah, this is the alternate way to do that. Um, but it's yeah. interesting that, like, you know, that, you know, the Daredevil fans got more of what they wanted. And yeah. the Ghost Recon fans, I guess, just want less. Yeah, it's like... Is it better than nothing? Probably. Maybe. If you're a Ghost Recon fan, you would think it would be better. I mean, it's the same as nothing to me because I'm not going <laughs> to play not gonna that. Play game. it at all. I would have played it. I'm a big Ghost Recon fan, but yeah. So that's not happening. Also, not happening. Splinter Cell VR canceled. Completely canceled. It was supposed to be a Meta slash Oculus slash Quest exclusive. So I don't know if they just bailed on the deal that they had signed with Meta slash Facebook on the on this, but there was never a trailer released for it. There was never any information released on it. They announced it and said it was coming. They announced the deal with Facebook and then never talked about it again, and now they've canceled it. Why do you think this is happening, Matt? Do you think that a lot of the big publishers are realizing that VR is a sure way to lose your ass? Some of that. I mean, today, Facebook also raised the price of the Quest. Did they? Yeah, the Quest 2 is... The two models like went up 100 bucks each. Are you kidding me? Oh. You can't do that. They just did. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, my God. Whoever raises the price of hardware, that know. never happens. Oh, my God. How did I miss that? I mean, I think it kind. Of, I think I it happened when you were driving over here. Holy crap, dude, that's insane! I cannot, Matt. I can never in my life remember the price of anything going up over time. Stock prices. That's it. Holy crap, man, that's nuts. That sucks. I was on the verge of, like, getting a quest, too. I was right there. Yep, four hours ago. Wow. Increasing the price of the Quest 2 VR headset by $100. Beginning August 1st, the 128-gigabyte storage configuration for the MetaQuest 2 will cost $399.99, previously $299, while the 256-gigabyte model will now retail for $499.99. Are they saying it's because, like, the component shortage or whatever is more expensive They're to make them? They're citing inflation. Inflation? So the they're going to... Cost- to make and ship our products have been on the rise by adjusting the price of the Quest 2. We can continue to grow our investment in groundbreaking research and new product development that pushes the VR industry to new heights. Facebook. Meta. Who has more money than God. Mm-hmm. Wow. They just drove a nail in the coffin of their VR business. Wow. That is so dumb. So dumb. They are at least rolling out the new account system next month. <laughs> Where you don't have you to don't be. You don't need a Facebook. <laughs> Oh my gosh! There was an interesting. That is mind blowing. There was also an interesting interesting interaction between uh, Sessler and Pactor related to this, where Sessler like was talking about like how what percentage of users would like opt out of letting Facebook like use their data or look at their data because there's an option for that when you sign up. And Pactor like crunched some number and said that based on the revenue and how much they said like this many this much they've lost this much revenue from people opting out of that and it was like 10 billion dollars or something oh like my it was like the enti- they've lost the entire operating cost of the department 
due to letting people opt out of letting them use their data. And Pactor estimated it would estimated it would be like eighteen percent of the of the user base. Wow, would had opted out, and that that cost them basically their entire operating budget. I mean, obviously, the rest of them are making tons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're making tons of revenue anyway. Yeah. But like, they're losing that much just by giving people the option to not let them use their data that way. Wow. So if you if you if you were like, you are making a difference if you choose not to let them use your data. Yes. I mean, uh, I choose at all these websites oh, yeah, that ask sure. me. I'm like, no, no, it, no. Yeah. It was be- actually I think it was because of Apple. It was because Apple added the thing the app store where all the apps have to give you the option. Oh, right. To not let the app track you, and mm-hmm. that is what caused. Interesting. Them to have to allow that, and huh. that is the problem. That was the, Open the revenue. Open Pandora's there. box in a good way. Now, let's look up. Look Dude, up that's set. insane that they're jacking up the price a hundred dollars. It's pretty crazy. So what happens when the inflation's gone? Like, I I'm sure they no. I can't even make that <laughs> joke. They're not going to readjust the price down again. Wow. Maybe when they put out Quest Three. How stupid can you be? Wow. Of all the companies in the world that could just that could just eat the loss yes. until things stabilize. And also jacking up the price that much for inflation. Inflation isn't that high. What are you talking about? You're making more money now. Not yet. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, well, there you go. Maybe that's why Splinter Cell VR was canceled. Maybe partners knew that this was coming and they're like, no one's going to buy a Quest that's anymore. not impossible. I mean, it could have yeah. at least played into the decision making. So that's nuts. Um, we do have a little bit of good news on the Ubisoft front, well, depending on your perspective anyway. Um, according to Jeff Grubb, who, by the way, is he now at Giant Bomb? Or is he like a freelancer who works at Venture Beat and Giant Bomb? I thought he's a freelancer, but I'm not sure. I, yeah, I can't figure it out. Because it seems like we get stuff that he runs on Venture Beat, but lately it seems like all the stuff is running on Giant Bomb. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, but he is reporting that a sequel to Immortals Phoenix Rising is on the way. He said instead of having the Greek theme, though, it's going to be like a, ha- a Hawaiian, like Polynesian, Polynesian. theme. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he also said that they're completely changing the art style so that it no longer looks like a ripoff of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> now it will look like a ripoff of Moana. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did say that um, it will still include the God narrator thing. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Which was hit or miss. I felt like I but... liked it. I, I I do think the 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 personalities in the Polynesian like God myths like there's a lot of you it have could a be lot fun. Of fun there. You're right. Like, That's a good point. Um, he said it's not coming until like maybe 2025. So yeah. it's a long ways away. So there's a little bit of good news. And then as Matt alluded to earlier. Roller Champions, the roller derby game that we talked about here on Game Face a couple months ago. Early in the week, there were rumors flying around that it was going to be canceled and that Ubisoft was not going to create any more content for it, which to what to I said, okay, that makes sense. And then Ubisoft fired back a couple days later. Whoa, 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 slow your roll. We are not canceling the game. Um, it is, in fact, going to be continued to be supported, but what we are now doing is we are fixing all the problems with the base game before we release any extra content, which makes sense. Um, It says that it's more concerned about keeping its existing fan base happy than trying to bring in new people with new content. It feels like it needs to have the foundation rock solid first. But Matt, my question is... When we never actually get there, then we'll cancel it. Right, because this game was in development for years. It had like three betas. How did you not learn those lessons from all that before you released the game? Like... I feel like th- these people, you're, like you said, they're just putting off the inevitable. This mm-hmm. game is eventually going to be canceled. It's They're basically waiting until a more advantageous fiscal 
year time to right comes to where that. they yeah. they don't need the revenue desperately yeah because right now they need the revenue maybe after desperately. maybe after they've got an assassin's creed out right yeah so and no one's gonna care that they kill a roller derby game in the process yep so roller champions it's not long for this world people and i'm not surprised like i played it for a couple hours and i was like i get it i'm good i mean i'm stunned it exists yeah frankly yeah i never thought this would make it to to, to release I was going to say shelves, but things don't make it, <laughs> things don't make it to shelves anymore. No, they don't. Right? <laughs> Not online games like that. No. Yeah, um, I was surprised that they eventually released this as well. I mean, there's is there anything more niche than a roller derby video game? <laughs> like, I don't know. Even with all Ubisoft's marketing power, it still uh, can't. A two D three D hybrid combo of a twenty five year old Square RPG that costs fifty bucks. <laughs> well, touche, Matt Kyle. Touche. What in the hell is going Different on here? Different niche, to be fair. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on at Ubisoft, Matt? I don't know. It's a disaster. Like, I don't know where the disconnect is. I don't know where the blame would lie. I don't know what's going on. I mean, maybe the... is Matt, Like, it's so weird that they... That Ubisoft, like, had the most reliably... To some most reliably annoying, like, pattern of how they released Releases, things for years yeah. and years. And, you know, the most real, I mean, you could count, like, you could set your watch by when Assassin's Creed came out. Yep. All of his friends, all for of his 10 properties. years. Yeah. And it's like they just forgot what they were doing. It can't all be the pandemic. No, it can't. And the no. crazy twist on all this, Matt, is that they're trying to be purchased right now. Yeah. Like, Yeath just came out, like, a few months ago and was like, yeah, we're interested in being acquired. After they remember, they fought off Vivendi acquiring them mm. years ago. Fought tooth and nail. I, mean, I can see why you wouldn't want to be acquired by Vivendi. Yeah, fought tooth and nail to keep that from happening, and now just a couple years later, they're like, "Yeah, we're good. We're good to sell." I mean, that says yeah. a lot. On I mean, at this, at this point, you're just buying IP. Yeah, you're just buying Assassin's Creed and Rainbow Six. Or yeah, Tom Clancy and a couple of studios. Like, do you want all Ubis? Do you want Ubisoft Bordeaux? No, you don't. No. Do you want Ubisoft Montpellier? No, you probably don't. I mean, you might, but depending on what roles they fill in, like, you know, because these, you know, these games, you look at those credit sequences and there's hundreds of people, you know, like yep. some of these studios exist purely to do one one particular job on all the different games. Yes. Assets you know, or whatever. Assets or sound this or yep. mix this or whatever, you know, like these guys just do floor textures or something. I don't know. Um, but it's like, who knows what that, I mean, Anyone who buys Ubisoft, like the, I, I pity them having to figure out how the structure works. Oh, I know. I think that's another reason they will probably never be purchased because it's so complicated. Oh, I mean, it'd be like untangling like fishing lines. Yeah, and you, just, there's so many studios, and it's like you don't want them all. That's why. I, that's why I say like you, it would have to be some kind of horrible like you know cut and and you know cut bait thing where yeah. you're just like like we're closing we're five closing studios. this all down. We bought it because we wanted these two or three IPs. Like we wanted, you know, and we're gonna keep the studios that work on. Yeah, we wanted Tom, the Tom Clancy license. We want not even license because they own it now. Right. We wanted Tom Clancy. We wanted Assassin's Creed, and we wanted. Um, yeah. What else? <laughs> Rainbow Six. That's Tom Clancy. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something that's not Tom Clancy or Assassin's Watch Dogs. Creed. But that's, nobody wants that. That's technically Assassin's Creed. Yeah. But nobody wants it. Um, yeah. I'm sure someone could do something cool with Beyond Good and Evil. It's crazy. Rayman? Ubisoft has fallen. Somebody want Rayman? Anyone want Rayman? I mean, it may have to be part and parcel. They may have to Insomniac, be on the Insomniac, you want to make a Rayman game? Like, I feel like Nintendo wouldn't mind having the Rayman license. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that may be, may be how it has to go. I mean, Ray, I could see Nintendo doing, like, you know, like, parceling it out, like, interplay style. Yeah. Nintendo just buys Rayman and, like, the Rayman and the Rabbids and stuff all just right. become part of the Mario universe. Yeah. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. 
I mean, Ubisoft used to dominate. Yeah, but it just goes to show you can never... You never say anyone's invincible. Yeah. You know, it's, it's anything can... Remember, there was a time when everybody thought EA was. Right. The idea of beating EA was just nonsensical. Now, nobody, Unfathomable. Nobody, nobody even thinks about it anymore. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, it's just, EA. We're, wait, we're not beating EA? What's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing wrong? EA put a game out? <laughs> what? <laughs> it is crazy. Um, it's just nuts to think about... Think back to, like, 2010, 2012. Yeah. Ubisoft was probably the third or fourth biggest publisher, including the big three yeah. in the industry. It's nuts. They gigantic. Yeah, just the new, just the, the, the Tom Clancy stuff didn't stop. The, the Assassin's Creed stuff didn't stop. Like, Just Dance was a giant hit. Like, it just get, went on and on and on. Like, yeah, was, I used to look advantage or look forward to their uh, press conferences, like, so much. Yeah. Now... Like like they they defined uh you know what what like kind of triple A stuff was for a while. Yeah, it's bizarre. What do you think is going to happen ultimately? Yes, they're going to be sold part and parcel. I don't know. I really don't know. Because like their I, value just keeps plummeting. You don't you want to sell when your value is high. So yeah. they may actually recoil from trying to sell now. Yeah, but then again, they may not have a choice. Yeah. Um, like you know, how well is Skull their and stock Bones? dips really low? And how it well is, is down. Skull and Bones really going to sell? Mm-hmm. You know, like. Yep. You know, Mario and Rabbids will do well, but, like, that's kind of a Nintendo... You can't really attribute that to a Ubisoft entirely. Like, yeah. that's not going to really help them so much. Yeah. Um, I mean, at this point, you'd basically just be like, hey, Nintendo, do you want do you want Ubisoft? Like, I mean, honestly, now's the time you want to swoop in and buy them. But, again, I think Nintendo would just want the properties. They wouldn't want right. the, the giant infrastructure. Or all the employees. Yeah. yeah. Which would, I mean, you imagine the, the thousands of people that would be out of work I know. after that. I don't want to like, think about it. It hurts like, my soul to like think about you, it. Even as a company, if you're looking to acquire them, you wouldn't want to be involved in that. Right. Like, it's 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 an impossible, it's bad, per- it's an impossible bad, bad. purchase. I know. In terms of PR. Yep. And, yeah, it's and fiscally. Yeah. It's crazy. But... As Matt said, like, like there's a chance that it would just there's a chance is. it would just do the interplay thing where it just sort of slowly collapses like a flan in a cupboard and everything kind of sold off in a fire sale. Yeah, um, that's like worst case, but like Embracer will buy it. Embracer will buy anything. <laughs> Embracer will buy anything. If it buy all THQ's old stuff, it'll buy Ubisoft. That's for damn. You know sure. what they need? They need another Starlink game. That's. The, I mean, that's honestly, Embracer probably is the most likely suitor. Except Embracer just recently said, like, whoa, 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 we need to slow down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Embracer kind of needs to take some stock, I think. It lost half a billion dollars last year. So, yeah, it's going to do some some reconfiguring as well. So, it's just crazy. It does go to show you, though, like, no one is infallible. No one is untouchable mm-hmm. in this industry. It can change just like that. I mean, think about how many studios, publishers that folded because of one thing. Yeah. Like all the Guitar Hero guitars that crushed like the peripheral manufacturer that made them. Mm-hmm. Like one game. Mad and Cats. they were just done. Mad Cat's dead. Which had been around, been around since for the NES decades. Yeah, since the 80s, I think. And all it took was one game mm-hmm. and it was done. One over invest, one over extension. That's the risks. That's the industry. That's Nothing the lasts for long and time takes no prisoners. Yeah. You'll see. Yep. So anyway, that's the latest on Ubisoft. Who knows what the hell is going to end up happening with all this stuff. I am really flummoxed as to what could possibly happen um, with Ubisoft going forward. I just honestly hope that they continue to make great games. And mm-hmm. I don't want them to rush games out. I don't want them to release games that aren't finished. So I, like makes, a, makes another good point. Well, how the hell did that Prince of Persia remake never happen? Where is it? I think it's dead. They really could have used that right now. Like, big time. It's nuts. I think it's dead. It's, like, yeah. And again, it's like, 
Everyone, go, I mean, although it is sort of maybe a, a lesson in this, like everyone goes, oh, remaking a game is just so easy. Apparently not, because they couldn't get Sands of Time done. You yeah. think that would have been pretty simple? Fire Native says they have 21,000 employees. That's insane. <laughs> That's so Dude, much. when I worked at Viacom, which Viacom was Paramount Films. It was VH1, MTV, MTV2, mm-hmm. CMT, Comedy Central, Spike, all of that. 30,000 employees for all of that. How do they have 21,000 employees there? I mean, a lot of them are in other countries and they don't get paid too much. It's nuts. Are we ever going to see Beyond Good and Evil 2? I don't know. I mean, that's the weird thing is like, it sounds, it sounds to me like Beyond Good and Evil 2 was basically put on the back burner for a while, but it came back much like Skull and Bones because they had no other ideas. Mm-hmm. And at least these games were kind of halfway done. Yeah. They could get something out the door. So. If beyond, we, we do see Beyond Good and Evil 2, it wouldn't surprise me if it was like the end of next year and it was just some half-baked thing that does not live up to that trailer we saw. Yep. It's a shame. It's a shame because that, that trailer sure looked cool. Yeah, it did. I, li- I like the game they, that's in their heads there. Yeah. I feel like we're never going to see that game. Everything's dicey now. Okay, there you go. That's the latest on Ubisoft, and it is not pretty. All right, let's move on to the last topic of episode 309. Matt alluded to EA just a minute ago and how they've become kind of like the the whipping post at this point in the industry that most publishers want don't want to compare themselves negatively to anymore, where they used to be the gold standard. Well, maybe EA is starting to figure it out because not only is it investing a lot of money in Respawn to create single-player Star Wars games, it also now is rumored... Again, from Jeff Grubb, who seems to break every story at this point. This um, one he broke so- shockingly casually. Yeah, that EA is working on an open-world, single-player Black Panther game. What do you think about this, Matt? Great, finally. I'm excited for it because I love Black Panther. I love the IP. But is it a good idea for a video game, do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think his suit, as they portray it in the MCU, is custom-built for a video game. You get hit a bunch of times, build up a super move, and blow it and out. Like it's, it. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all right that you do a bunch of hand-to-hand stuff. You can jump around on stuff. Like, it's great. Like, it absolutely would work. Yeah. Um, will Do they have a team that can do something, you know, worth worth playing? I don't know. That's a whole different question, isn't it? Um, I will also say it like it would it's just... It's a brand-new studio okay. led by Kevin Stevens, formerly of Monolith. And Monolith, while he was there, he oversaw the development of Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor and Middle-Earth Shadow of War. I mean, that's a good pedigree. That's a pretty good place to start, I think. I can see adapting some of the ideas in that to to Black Panther. Yeah. Um, Also, like, it's just, again, Marvel kind of falls into that same uh, slot as Star Wars, where it's just like, where are the fucking games, people? Mm -hmm. Like, the last decade, like, what? Why are there no game tie-ins to the MCU outside of the stupid Avengers game and a, and the good Guardians game? But those took years, uh-huh. years. Why? This movie made a billion dollars. Why? Why was there no game sooner than this? Like the the sequel's almost out. Like it's just ridiculous that they are not capitalizing on this stuff. Do you think people are trying to be respectful because he passed away? Respectful how? Oh, well, by not making a game. Yeah, I mean, how do you no. handle that? How do you replace him? And I mean, they're doing that in the sequel by not replacing him. But I don't, you can make a game. I mean, Black Panther's in the Avengers game. It's not like they're stopping that. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't think that has anything to do with it. It's just my question is like, because there, there's no game for anything. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the Iron Man game beyond the VR thing? Where's the Captain America game? Where's mm-hmm. the 
Where's the? They the thought they Captain were going to kill game. all the birds with one stone with Marvel. Well, yeah, so there's some of that. There's some of that. It didn't work out that and there's way. There's obviously other things in the pipeline, but it's just everything. So it's like Star Wars. It's like it's so late. It yeah. took them years and years and years to realize that, you know, one company wasn't going to get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's EA's an interesting choice to make this game. I mean, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do an open world combat driven. Black Panther game. Who are we going to get to do that? Oh, EA. But it's like, I mean, I guess if you're going to form a new team and have the guy who did the, the Mortal games, like that's a decent, yeah, you know, decent choice. But like, I hope he gets to finish it on like Amy Hennig, right? Like, yeah, because you know, they could kill there's, it. There's some shades of that there. Yeah, Hennig's um, game is supposedly it's either Fantastic Four or Ant Man mm-hmm. is what I was reading. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Um, Grub is reporting that it's a single player game. It's very early in development, and it starts with Black Panther being dead. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's your job to become the next Black Panther. Yeah, I mean, Black Panther has died a number of times in the comics. Like, this is a very common thing with the character. Mm-hmm. Um, it just coincidentally ties in with Chadwick Boseman, um, which is still surreal. It's still it surreal that he's dead. I know like, it, just, it is. Still, yeah. every once in a while, it like reblows my mind all over again. Yeah, like it's gonna be an interesting the 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 sequel wakanda forever is the is the highest stakes thing marvel studios has ever made you think so yes because if you screw this up if it's not read as respectful and celebratory and still worthwhile and exciting if it doesn't hit all the notes off of the back of the back of one of their most successful films of one of the most highly acclaimed films of the best picture nominated film the only one they've ever had yeah like this is for all the marbles. This is this you know you can't have an Eternals situation here because no one cares about the Eternals, but everybody cares about Black Panther. How are they going to handle his death in the film? Well, he died. Do you know yet? I mean, the new trailer shows that they're mourning his death. Oh, really? So T'Challa dies. Apparently, uh, kind of at the very beginning, mm-hmm. and the the trailer centers strongly on Angela Bassett. Which is smart because she's like the queen regent at that point, and mm-hmm. you know obviously they get in a conflict with Namor and, and Atlantis. Um, which is also straight out of the comics, happened all the time. Um, also, I do have a, I have a prediction for this one. Um, I think uh, because there's so much focus on kind of the the king and queen and the kind of the the, the clashing nations and the that, I think we're gonna see Doom. Really, I think Doctor Doom's gonna show up in this at some point. Maybe just as like a tease, like a he's my thing. he is my favorite but Marvel I'm, villain. Doom is great. I don't care about the Fantastic Four, but I want Doom. Yeah, me too. In the in the MCU. Why has he not appeared? Because they didn't own the license for years. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, Fox owned Fantastic Four. Has forever. But so Doom is rolled into that. Yeah, Doom is Fantastic Four. Huh. Just like Galactus and Annihilus and and all those other. Those are all tied together. Yeah, that's Fantastic. I didn't realize that. I mean, I knew that he was from their comics. I didn't know that all those characters were tied in that. I didn't know if it was just the four. No, and it's, then all it's the, the four, peripheral characters. It's the four and all the characters. Oh, I didn't realize that. Same as why, uh, like X Men, it's all the mutants are in that license. Spider Man, Sony owns the rights to all Spider Man's villains in film because they own the Spider Man movie. Right? Interesting. I, did, I didn't. That's know that why that they're worked. making all these terrible Morbius and Craven and Madam Web movie because that's what they have. That's what they can make. Yeah. Um, and then there's like crossover things, like, you know, like Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were shared between the Avengers and the X Men license because they were both. Mutants. So who gets they it? They were both mutants and Avengers. Who gets them? Um, they both did. So you can use them in both. Well, now it doesn't matter because they own them. They bought right, Fox. Right, right. But at the time, that's why Quicksilver was in both things. But it is, you'll notice, in the Fox X-Men movies, Quicksilver's the main character of the two, and Scarlet Witch was actually his younger sister who was too young to be involved. And in the, the MCU movies, 
they're both there, but Quicksilver gets killed in Age of Ultron very quickly, and Scarlet Witch is there. So basically, they agreed we're going to use Scarlet Witch, you can and use Fox is going to use Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yeah, um, interesting. It's so complicated. Oh yeah, well, I mean, they they did not expect anything like this to happen. And back in the '90s, when they sold these these movie licenses off, they were just trying to keep Marvel Comics alive. Right. Um, not so na- not a problem anymore. No. So now that they bought Fox, they have Fantastic Four back and the, and X Men back. And the only outstanding license at this point is Sony owning the Spider Man film license, hmm. um, which they will never ever ever let go of because it's all they have. When does um, it expire? Never. As long as they make a new Spider-Man movie, at least I think it's every four years. It's in perpetuity. They, they get it forever, unless somebody buy. Unless if Sony gets purchased, if Sony Pictures got purchased by someone, the license would be null and void, and Marvel would get oh, that really? get Spider-Man back. Which is a, which is actually you. You look at that and you're like, oh, that's crazy, but it's not because it means that they're a less attractive purchase. It's it's a protection to get because no one's going to buy Sony right. to get they the Spider-Man get, license because they don't they get don't the get Spider-Man it. license. Yeah. They would just get. What? <laughs> what, what? Whatever else Sony makes <laughs> at this point, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, um, yeah. You get a really nice Columbia Pictures logo. Yeah. That's what you get. Um, so uh, I guess you, would you get the Minions? Are they? Are they? Sony? No, Universal. Mm. They're, yeah, 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 Universal. I don't know what Sony does anymore. You get the emoji. A movie. whole lot of Congratulations. nothing. Congratulations. The emoji movie. <laughs> That's what you wanted. So um, yeah, they can they can use all that now. But yeah. um. Black Panther, I don't know. Like, I mean, for now, I think you know. I know there's people that the, the opinions disagree on like whether they should have recast T'Challa in this because like they've recast other characters. But yeah, but they they haven't recast other characters because the actor died, especially not because the actor died young and unexpectedly. Um, I mean, it was expected because he was sick, but nobody knew that until it happened. I do think T'Challa will be back in the MCU at some point, played by a different actor, and I think that's because um, the how can the, you do that if you if he's dead? Because you just have someone else play him. But I mean, he's going to be dead in the films. Yeah. Did you see Spider-Man: No Way Home? I haven't seen it yet. Okay, because because multiverse, like oh, like God, no. Go. Not only is there a multiverse, we knew that already, but Spider-Man: No Way Home establishes that the same character in different universes can be played by different actors. Oh, okay. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Yeah, I still haven't watched that yet. Tom I Holland are all in there, and so you can bring back another bring another actor in to play in another universe's T'Challa. And by the way. That's all on the table here going forward because all the announcements this week where they at the, at the Comic Con panel they're talking about the big finales of, um, also the finale of, C- of Phase Five is Thunderbolts, which I called like a year ago. Like they're building the Thunderbolts Dark Avengers team. That's what that's what Julia Louis Dreyfus is going around doing in the movies. And then the big finale in 2025 is two Avengers movies in one year, which is Avengers the Kang was it the Aven- Avengers the Kang Dynasty. Which being directed by the guy who directed Shang Chi, they announced that today. That's cool. And then Avengers: Secret Wars. See, uh, and um, wait, is that what I think it is? No, because you, I don't think <laughs> no, you know. I don't think not. you know the 2015 Secret Wars story. I don't. Yeah. 20, so it's not the old Secret Wars. So the, the the modern Secret Wars story is the the multiverse is destroyed completely by the incursions. Did you see Doctor Strange too? No. So they mention incursions where one planet comes in from another universe and smashes into Earth and the two Earths collide and everything gets destroyed. In the comics, that happened and the entire multiverse collapsed in on itself and was only saved because Doctor Doom found a way to make himself God. That and, happened in the original Secret Wars. But this is different because he recreates... He fights um, Galactus in right, the but, original ones. Right, but this is different because the entire... Exi- all of existence ends except Doom creates a universe which is one world... 
but he rules it as God, and every little country is a different continuity of Marvel stuff. Oh my god. So, like, the X-Men cartoon is down in the south, and the <laughs> Secret War stuff is over here. So basically the, what you're saying, though, is, like, all so, bets are off at this point. You can basically yeah. do whatever the hell you want. And there's rumors that the Shang-Chi movie that is that might be the movie that comes before the Kang movie, because Kang jumps through time streams all over the place. Um, he's going to be an Ant-Man quantum mania, so you'll see some of that. The the, tr- the teaser they ran for that at, at Comic-Con, he, he sees Ant-Man and he's like, I don't know, I don't remember you. Have I killed you yet? Like, Kang is one of the big vil- big Avengers mm-hmm. villains, and he messes with the time stream all the time. So when the Kang dynasty happens, and the rumor is that the Shang-Chi movie might be called Wreckage of Time. And uh, the the trick there is like, you're going to have access to all the different multi... It's called the multiverse saga. You're going to have access to every imaginable timeline in this multiverse, which means you can pull a new T'Challa out of anywhere. That feels like a, a cheap tactic, but... It's multiverse. Yeah. Everything's it is a cheap, cheap tactic. <laughs> also, keep, also remember that one of the most popular things at What If Thing is Star-Lord T'Challa. Like, alternate versions of T'Challa are popular. And granted, some of that was because that was Ch- uh, Chadwick Boseman's last time performing the role. Yeah. Because he recorded the lines before he died. But, like... You think um, they might do a Princess Leia-style CG thing, like at the beginning of the film? I think he's just going to be in the costume. Yeah. Oh, you're not gonna, I don't think you're going to see his face. Oh, uh, okay. But he's gonna, something's going to happen, and he's going to die fighting a Tuma or something. Right. Like some, that's probably going to be the beginning of hostility with Atlantis for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, there's, the, 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 there's definitely like mourning happening in that trailer. Where do you think this game's going to take place? Which multiverse? <laughs> I mean, my guess is its own. Yeah. It'll just be a standalone thing, which yep. is what they seem to be doing with these for the most part. Like Guardians doesn't seem to take... But Guardians is very reminiscent of the movies, but does not take place in continuity with anything else except itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's silly to try to do some kind of multi-cinematic you know, cinematic connected thing with all the games that are being made, you know, disparately by different companies and publishers, like yeah. you just can't, there's, there's no way to juggle that. It doesn't get you anything, really. It's easier to make your own decisions on a game by game, project to project basis. I mean, basically, it's just like turn your brain off and just yeah. ex- like, just, cool. just enjoy nobody, the entertainment. Nobody wants the Black Panther game to be beholden to decisions made made in this game. Yeah, you know, this Avengers. Yeah, game, yeah. Right? You know, nobody wants that. <laughs> yep. Let them do their own thing. Well, apparently, the game's project or uh, code name is Project Rainier because that is where. EA's new studio is where it's being developed in mm. Mount Rainier, Mount Rainier, Seattle. Um, EA Samantha Ryan said, um, "We've also recently had success with Star Wars Jedi: Fallen Order, and we'd love to in- entertain more fans with similar interests." So she's kind of already drawn the line between what Respawn is doing with Star Wars and what they're hoping this brand new studio mm. will do for Marvel and more so specifically, again, really, Black Panther. really wondering what happened with that tweet the other week. Right. The single player tweet. Yeah. Well, whoever tweeted it is fired. One would imagine, <laughs> or at least transferred to a new duty. Yes. <laughs> well, apparently they had a third party handling yeah, their tweets. I, like, I mean, that happens. You hire these social media companies to do that and stuff. Yeah. And apparently the plan was like to do that and have other accounts that the same place was, was managing like, fight back and have it turn into kind of like a little like a little twitter but war everybody a fake got, twitter but war every, yeah but everybody turned into a real twitter <laughs> war before they could do that <laughs> they didn't so. get a chance to do it uh so anyway that's all the information we have right now on the black panther game from ea matt what would you put the percentage chance of it actually ever being released at well, i'm gonna give this like more i guess like a 75 you think yeah i think with the new studio and everything. Yeah, I mean, I think Black it's it's their it's one of their most it's their most successful standalone 
IP, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the movies. It's Black, you know, Black Panther is huge, and I think this the new one's going to be huge again, maybe bigger, mm-hmm. um, you know, because there's there's the memorial aspect to it, but also like Black Panther delivered before. Yep, it's a great and, film. And honestly, you don't get a lot of uh, AAA top budget tentpole big big opening picture uh, Afro Afro futurism stuff. Yeah. Like, it's 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 a unique thing. It is. So yeah, I think it's going to be. And if there's one game you want to get out, I mean, if it's obviously it's terrible, I guess you can it. But like, um, if there's one property, standalone property that you, that I would say like make get that thing out there, it would be Black Panther. Yeah. Especially because I do think he's very gameetic. I think he's yeah, yeah. he lends himself to a game very well, and you don't have to figure out how to make him fly. Which yeah, is he should like, have started on this project a while ago. And the like, timing's going to be a little. And honestly, odd. you tell me the guy who like made. Um, you know, the Mordor games is doing it. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Like jumping up buildings and mm-hmm. leaping off stuff and doing all this, this special stuff and the, the melee combat. And like, absolutely. This absolutely. game may come out to coincide with the third Black Panther film. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we might be playing this alongside Avengers Kang Dynasty. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, know. there you go. That's the information we have on EA's open world single player Black Panther game. And with that, it's time to put a bow on Game Phase 309. Although, before we go, as always, we have your favorite name that game. Alright. Name that game for those of you who may be on chat or on the live stream for the first time. I show you five screenshots from a video game. It's your job to guess the video game. Well, usually one. What? Usually one. Usually just screenshot. one. I only need one screenshot. <laughs> You are playing against Matt. You need to guess the name of the game before he does. You're you... really playing against the rest of the chat. Pretty much, point. yeah. Um, I think you might win this one. Mm. You'll see why <laughs> shortly. Um, you're trying to beat Matt. You guys win all ties. If he guesses the name of the game, and I look over, and someone types it into chat immediately afterwards, you guys get the win. Whoever guesses the name of the game first gets a free video game. And those are courtesy of right now... Swanland, who is in chat, and you can thank him in chat for supplying the games to our winners of Name That Game. A couple small things. If you have won this year, do not play. Do not guess. Do not hint. Just take your hand away from the keyboard right now and act like it does not exist. You are not eligible to win. We do not want you influencing who wins. So if you've won, Go play the game that you won when you won earlier this year for the next, like, five or ten minutes and let somebody else win. One other caveat to remember is that the chat is on slow mode, meaning you can only send one message every 60 seconds. So don't just start spamming the chat with game names hoping that you guess it right. You need to make sure that you know what your guess is before you type it in because you will not be able to guess again for at least a minute. Um, Let's see. Anything else? I see already that Emperor Dread is guest body harvest. Nope, mm-hmm. you're wrong again, but maybe someday. Um, yeah, I think last week we gave it to image four, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll make well, it. I said usually. Yeah, usually, usually it is the first image. I think this week we'll make it to, mm, I don't know, two might give it away. And you guys are really good. So I'm going to guess you'll get it on the second image, but we'll see. Um, okay, I think with that said, we're ready. Well, let me bring up the chat so everyone can see. Yeah, Sneaky's pretty funny there. If somebody guessed, what'd you say? Sneaky's pretty funny. He's, I didn't get a game. I got stickers. I can play with them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can stare at the stickers that I sent you. We, we, we gave away stickers at first, um, and then we ran out of stickers. 
Um, but I think most people probably would rather have got the stickers in the game. I don't know. It all depends on what game you get sent, I, I guess. That probably makes a big difference. Okay. You guys are ready. Here comes... Let me get rid of this first. Here comes image number one. Enemy zero, no. Sneaky's happy Enemy with the stickers, zero. that's good. Anthem, no, that's a good guess though, Veritas. Haze, no. Halo Collector's Edition, no. Hmm. Mass Effect, no. Star Wars Battlefront, no. That's another Is that good Shadow one. of the Colossus? It's not Shadow of the Colossus. Gundam, no. You'd have to you also have to give us the subtitle. You can't just say Gundam. It needs to be the yeah, there's exact... There's a lot of Gundams. Yeah, there's like a billion. Um, Avatar the Video Game, no. Uncharted 3, no. Iron Man VR, no. Battlefield 2042, no. Jade Empire, no. Monster Hunter World, no. The Division, no. Okay, we're going to the second image. We made it past the first. That's good for this. Hmm. <laughs> and here is the second image that I think might give it away. The Division, no. Somebody already guessed that. Fire Native. Huh. And we'll come back to this image later when somebody guesses it, and I'll show you why I thought it might give it away. Zen 9 Blade. No, I don't even know what that is. I think it's a typo for Xenoblade. Oh. Resistance 2 Fall of Man. No. Deus Ex Human Revolution. No. Dying Light 2. No. Virtual Hydlide. No. I don't even know what that is. Grounded. It's no. Crisis. Game. No. Deus Ex Mankind Divided. No. The Last of Us. No. Uh-oh. Are we going to make it to Image 3? I think we might. GTA 3. No. Ghost Recon Breakpoint, no. All right, we're going on. We're going to image three, people. And here it is. Battlefront 2, no. I think someone guessed that already, Nightwing. Hmm. Spec Ops The Line, no. Is it, uh, is it Just Cause 3 or something? Not Just Cause 3. Not Control. Remember, you have to be very specific with what the game is. You can't just throw out a franchise name. You have to give the subtitle or whatever. Spider-Man, no. Control, no. Project IGI, no. Just Cause 2, no. Huh. Smart. Smart guess. Metal Gear Solid 5, no. Ghost Recon Future Soldier, no. That's Texture Glitch. Watch Dogs 3, no. There it is. Caver just got it. Watch Dogs 2. Watch Dogs 2. Someone else had guessed Watch Dogs earlier, and I couldn't give it to you. You have to get the correct one. And it does matter, particularly with Watch Dogs, because all the games are really different. So this was Watch Dogs 2. I'll show you the next two images. It was set in San Francisco. Yeah. And so, Matt, I thought you might get it. Because here's the last image. I knew you would get it from this one. The seals. Yeah. From the bay in San Francisco. And I knew that you would connect the dots there. Marin. The reason I thought people would get this one 
from this one is one because of the enemy there below that's getting blown back. But also, if you look up in the top right corner, there's a drone up there. Mm-hmm. And I thought that might give it away. There's, I mean, that's that no longer really narrows it down as much as it did. When that's this true. Game came out. Yeah, that's a good point actually. But great job, Caver. I think that's how you pronounce your name, C A V R. Or C four V R. Um, Talik in 1981. I've played Watch Dogs 2 and I didn't even get it. There we go. <laughs> Jose Holiday. Shane has leveled up his name that game skills. Um, it's very gooser. Is it SSX tricky? No, it's not. Um, I just honestly... Very different version of than I, what I played. <laughs> honestly, I've just stopped overthinking this. Like, yeah. I'm just I'm just now just making the first two hard. Like, before I tried to make it possible to guess the first one... And now I'm just, like, trying to make it impossible. I'll be honest with you. If any of you guys get it on the first image going forward, you guys are really good. Because I am, at this point, really trying to just make sure you don't get it on the first one anymore. Um, But in the second one, you can see I did leave you guys a clue there. A couple clues, actually, that could have got it. So, yes, it was Watch Dogs 2. Caver, congratulations. Congratulations. Here's your round of applause. And... To collect your free game. And again, make sure you thank Swanland, who is in chat today and watching the show live. He supplied the games for this. Uh, to get your free game, you can DM us here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. You can DM me personally on Twitter at Dinfire. You can DM the site on Twitter at siftedgames. Or you can send me a DM on Sifted. I am at Shane there. Any way you want to get to us, you can do it, and we'll hook you up with the free game. Again, Congratulations, Caver. Nice job. And thanks to Swanland for hooking us up with free games to give out to you guys for Name That Game. I hope you guys have fun with it. I have fun doing it. And I really have fun when you guys don't guess it on the first one. So I'm doing pretty good the last couple weeks here. Um, We do have some time for a couple questions for some Q&A. Make sure you go at Sifted Games in the chat. It makes it easy for us to pluck out the questions so we can answer them versus your chat where you guys are just talking amongst yourselves. Um, Talica, 1981. Thank you for Twitch Prime, man. That is awesome, and I appreciate it. Slagathor, how you doing, man? Hope you're doing good. Thank you for Twitch Prime. 47 months. Talica, 54 months. That's awesome, man. Thank you, guys. It really makes a difference. Um, Swanlin with our first question. What's your thoughts on the Last of Us remake controversy? I feel like we just discussed this already. Yeah, we, did, we talked about that a little bit last week. And yeah, then I think we already before. hit on that one. Um, Derek D1111, an extra one on Twitch. Um, what annoying realistic action in video games is your least favorite? For example, weapon degradation, fall damage, stamina meter, food level, etc. I can just answer that right now. Encumbrance. Mm. Drives me bananas. When you have so much equipment that your character moves at a snail's pace and you have to dump equipment before they will run at a normal speed again, that's my pet peeve. What about you, Matt? Weapon degradation. Yeah. Um... It's, that's a close second for me. I don't me. like encumbrance <laughs> much either, but like I can usually deal with it. Weapon if weapon degradation is done poorly, like I'll ne- I'm never getting past it. Yeah, Zelda. Zelda. Yeah, that was a big problem in Zelda. I also didn't like it in Far Cry too. You hate it more than encumbrance, though. Yeah, I can deal with. Enc- I can figure out encumbrance. I'm a pack rat, but I can, you know, like Witcher 3, I kind of eventually figured out, like, okay, I don't need this, I don't need this, and I, you know, I, I hate always having to figure out, like, how how do I craft the bigger bag to carry it? Mm. It always, like, in Far Cry, it's always one of the first things I have to figure out. How can I get the bigger pouch? What animal do I have to kill to get the hide for the bigger pouch? That kind of stuff. So, uh, that's it for me. 
But you actually, your list is really good as far as like a general list of things that are annoying in video games. Um, I'm interested what most of you people are most annoyed by um, in as far as video game contrivances are concerned. Um, I think those two are probably the most popular mm-hmm. encumbrance and weapons that eventually break stuff like that. Um, Drifter J, do you think Ubisoft's unused IP have the same potential? As EA's unused IP. Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I think EA has a lot more. Um, like EA's got a whole vault full of stuff they haven't touched in decades. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ubisoft. I think Ubisoft stuff has generally been pretty good. Uh, they haven't really recently. let anything lie there for a long time. I mean, Prince of Persia, but like Assassin's- it hasn't been that long. But the last one was what 2012. Was that the cell shaded Prince of Persia? Was that 2012? Well, that was 2008. Was that eight? Yeah. Dang. Because remember... Assassin's that might have been the last one. Uh, either that or the one... That was, when did the movie come? The movie came out like 06, 05? I think it was after that. that. It was, I think it was 06. Was it? It seemed later than that to me. I don't know. It has been a while, though. To your point. It has yeah. been a while since we had a, a new Prince of Persia game. And it's I mean, I remember Assassin's, Assassin's Creed started as Prince of Persia. Right. Um... I, I think I think EA has a lot more stuff that just has not been capitalized on in the last five generations, and Ubisoft is more just like stuff we'd like to see continue or maybe get revamped into something a little more interesting. Yeah. Than what they've been kind of cookie cuttering it with. Yeah. Um, if I was going to pick one to be taken by a, a, like a top quality company and just like take you know mine the the IP and turn turn it into some really great modern stuff, it would be EA in a heartbeat. EA's got. The variety they have languishing in that vault is just it is, heartbreaking. Well, yeah, it's it's been around for a really long time. Yeah, um, lots of old PC stuff that has just like you just I mean died you, in the you're box. talking about like maybe getting some a few you know slightly higher quality Watchdogs or or Assassin's Creed games or like bringing back Wing Commander, Starflight, Desert Strike, and Wasteland, like I me, mean, I guess they already did. Wasteland's developers already got that, rested that out of their dying claws. But uh, no, there's way more stuff in Ubisoft in uh, uh, EA's back catalog. I, I want to see brought forward. Future Cop. Um, it just goes on and on and on. Mutant League. Um, you know, just name something. Yeah. You know, Budokai. <laughs> like, you yeah. get real weird with it. Yeah, we've we've uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty well documented that yeah. ea is just sitting on a mountain of ip that it really has no interest in doing anything with it appears yeah it just goes you know even need for speed yeah burnout I mean, yeah there's a good one too yeah i mean those more fall more in line with like ubisoft's ip that's yeah. dead like it's it hasn't yeah. been that long since but it's been a while yeah yeah but it's more like yeah let's just 10 years versus 30 or 40 right. years right. <laughs> it's a difference um Pacreus, I think that's how I pronounce it. P a c r e i s. Will the PS5 and series consoles get a price increase? Oh, like the like the like meta, meta that quest? just happened with the quest. No, I, I think no, no. I don't, maybe we won't see a drop anytime soon. Yeah, because by now you would start thinking about a price drop, yeah, but or st- the mid cycle refresh. Right, but you still can't even walk into a store and get a PS5. So yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen for a while. But I don't think they'll increase the price. That would be that would be lunacy. 
Yep, I don't think so either. I don't think that'll happen. I think it would be, if they did, it would be a big Let, story, man. Let's see what the new Switch costs first. Yeah, I'm surprised. Actually, that's a good point. Like, the new consoles, how much are they going to cost now? Well, hopefully, by the time that happens, like, inflation has actually come under control worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can start getting things priced at a normal price. But you're right. If they try to launch this stuff while inflation's still really bad, they can get away with jacking up the price. Because let's be honest, mm-hmm. Matt, that is what's happening right now. With prices of food and gasoline is that they know there's inflation there and these companies are using inflation as a cover to gouge us. They're like, oh, we'll just blame it on inflation and half of the population is dumb enough that they believe it. Instead of like, no, these oil companies are just gouging us because they can get away with it, which is exactly what's happening. So um, a lot will depend on what the atmosphere is like when these come out. But I'm hoping, you know, inflation is gone at that point so they don't have like that beard that they can use to overcharge us for things like a lot of companies are doing right now dirty dogs um mellow pintor shaded you asked pactor about the red dead redemption 2 numbers how about you ask him that Hmm. as a question for pactor factor how about Mm. that one clever girl (laughs) we need more questions for pactor factor we are taking questions right now go ask the question you can do it on twitter you can do it on our our page at sifted.net you can do it pretty much anywhere on youtube go to the community tab on our youtube channel you can ask it there um ask away and he'll he will probably answer it actually um talica 1981 which game do you think has made the best use of the features of the dual sense like the haptic feedback stuff Mm -hmm. all of them like i really love it i know i realize it's polarizing and some people hate the haptic stuff i love it um i would not use it like to play competitive games and i don't i turned it off for call of duty vanguard but for any of the single player stuff that i play i love it and i leave it on um the best though i think typically shooters are the best because they give you a wider variety of ways to use it because for every gun it's different depending on the actual gun most games there's probably 10 total different uses of the haptic feedback in shooters there's like dozens so as far as like the variety for haptics, I'd say it's probably Call of Duty because every gun in that game does feel different to shoot. Um, but as far as like best use of it, where like maybe one game had one really cool use of it, can you think of anything, Matt, that you really liked? Uh, I find it completely disposable, and has, the only game I can think of that it added anything for to me uh, was uh, Gran Turismo. That it was good at that. Mm-hmm. You could tell the tires were breaking loose. Mm-hmm. Astro's Playroom. It's really good. Astro's Playroom is a good demo of what it can do, but yeah. it's like it's very gimmicky. It is. Like in terms of just a game that I felt was enhanced by it that otherwise wouldn't have had that kind of you know advantage. Uh, Gran Turismo is the only one that. That's I, it doesn't like I don't hate it, but like it, most of the time it's either like oh that's annoying or like I don't care. Mm-hmm. But like Gran Turismo is like oh this is I am this is making the game easier to play. I'm able to. I'm connecting with the way the game plays in a way that otherwise would be impossible without this. That's the only time I've ever felt that. Because normally, like, like I hate it when they do that with would do that with like footsteps and shit. Yeah, you know? it's, it's like that's they not how you feel anything. Like, yeah. It's like it, it doesn't. It annoys me most of the time. Um, it was pretty good in Stray though. Stray like, had some good ones. Like when yeah. the cat would purr, you could yeah. feel it. When the cat would like 
when the cats would rub each other or they would like the times when you would find robots and you would rub their legs or whatever like yeah it's best when it it kind of blends in and becomes an organic thing and like there's it's more and more i find game like sifu had some of that like more and more i find it is they're learning to sort of how to integrate it without making it too like ah here i am kind of thing you know yeah the guns and gadgets in ratchet and clank rift apart were felt pretty good too they're all right i just i find it I don't know. I don't remember. The any battery of that. died really fast yeah. playing Ratchet and Clank. I mean, yeah, but so does the battery in the in the Xbox controller when it's using all like Forza Forza Horizon drains that it thing does. like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I can't pin that entirely on the Dual Sense. But uh, now I, I think I'd say Gran Turismo, and I would say that it's getting better and less obtrusive. But overall, like, oh boy, is that not worth the extra money I paid for that controller? <laughs> like, I, I like it. It's 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 a it's I mean it's, it's, it's never cer- annoyed me. Really. It certainly delivers more than the HD rumble in the Joy Cons. Yep. but like <laughs> like it's just not a thing that I particularly care about. Yeah, uh, Mellow Pinter reminds us that Kotor remake has been delayed indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we discovered that in the middle of the show actually. Um, Shane did it. My, all my fault. <laughs> made fun of Live Alive and. <laughs> And Lucasfilm Tiny was like, no, history. no KOTOR for that man. Tiny Lip in History says, time to buy a horse <laughs> with the gas prices. Finally, the gas prices are at least starting to come down. All, now a horse the, is expensive, too. Now that the oil companies reported their record profits for the quarter, they can give us a little break. Yeah, and you see, like, the jerks. the graphs of, like, you know, prices and rising and inflation rates, and then, like, the, the gas prices are, like, up oh, here. Yeah. You're oh, like, yeah. yeah, that's not in line with any reality other than we want money. Then you so. watch the, if you look at the same chart of the stock buybacks, because <laughs> yeah. it follows the line of the price. It's so dirty what's it's going just, on right now. It's so transparent. It's and disgusting. It's, it's hilarious but how many people But don't at the same time, they're it. smart because they realize that there is a large segment of society that either is too lazy or too busy to figure out what's really yeah. going on. You can feel, fool some of the people all the time. Yeah. And that is a very good business strategy. Yeah. In certain demographics. Yeah. Uh, we'll take one more and then we gots to go. Um... The Legacy. Since you typed out a really long one, we'll take yours. Um, Somebody, it's been censored in chat for some reason, posted an interview today with Eidos Montreal founder where he states that he heard rumors that Sony is interested in Square Enix Tokyo, but not the rest. Coupled with Sony Interactive Entertainment hiring former Microsoft and Uber antitrust lawyer McCurdy, I didn't know about this, also the Bungie and Haven deals are completed. If When do you think Sony will announce the purchase of Square? And if they don't buy Square, who do you think they will purchase? Uh, I feel like we've answered this one before, as far as I mean, like what Square, Sony Square is buy the most next. obvious next purchase for Sony once that stuff clears. I mean, we should also add that Square Enix just cleared the decks. If Sony mm-hmm. really doesn't want the Western properties, then Square Enix just took care of that. Yeah, they they got rid of those. Yeah, probably they, in preparation. They sold for this. all those, so maybe that is Square Enix prepping itself for sale to PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think PlayStation is the most likely candidate. Yeah, if anyone's going to buy Square Enix, it's going to be Sony. Yeah, and um, I think Sony has said it's not done, and it hasn't done anything mm-hmm. for a while. And as you said, the Bungie deal just closed way earlier than people yep. thought. So and picking up that lawyer is probably just like, you know, there is no risk of them running into an antitrust problem with Square Enix, but hiring that guy is going to make that process happen faster. Yeah. You know, it's not that they're, they're worried that they're going to get hit with monopoly problems because they're yeah. buying Square. That's not a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's because they want to get through this faster. Yeah. Um, I think we're all surprised that that Bungie deal went through already. Well, because there's no conflict. There's no conflict. Yeah. No, it's not a thing. Still, just, people thought it was going to be like next year. 
Like it, it yeah, happened I mean, way the, quicker the, than normally people the, thought. Normally, just the nature of the the, the beast, the right. gears that much money slower. involved and all the moving mm-hmm. parts. Yeah, but it didn't. It but it depends where. Well, you know where they were having that. Where they were having what? Where that was happening, like what state that was happening? Because there are states where like oh, that's that, a good question. That like, it could have been. You do that in Delaware, and like they they have an infrastructure that just moves you through. It could have like been that. Washington. Yeah, that would be my thought. Because California, nothing like that moves fast. No, usually. It's not, not at all. So no. my thought is, it's probably Washington State. There are places where you could you can move those things a little faster than they would other. And they other probably places. did that. Yeah. yeah. Delaware, right. Delaware is famous for that. No. That's why so many uh, those companies are registered in Delaware. Well, LLCs are free yeah. in Delaware. I have to pay a crap ton of money every year just to have an LLC in California. Oh, yeah. Same for my production. It's not based upon how much money we make or anything. It's just a it's flat just that's how much it costs rate that you have to pay. In Delaware, it's free. In Pennsylvania, it's like $15. But you do that and the IRS is like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't do it anymore. You can't get away with yeah. starting an LLC in Delaware from other states anymore. Yeah. You used to be able to. You used to be able to. They're no. onto it now. Yeah. All right, that's it for Game Face 309. Fun show again. Thanks to everybody on the chat today for hanging out till the end. Congratulations to Caver for winning Name That Game. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday right here at twitch.tv slash siftedgames at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll be talking Xenoblade Chronicles 3 which Matt and I are going to be diving into hardcore over the weekend. And we probably still won't get halfway through the game before nope. we, we come back here on Tuesday because those games are gigantic. We'll be lucky to, if the tutorial's done. Yep. Uh, if you like the show and you want to support it, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. You can pledge as much or as little as you want. However, if you want all our content early, you do need to pledge at $4 or more per month. I do feel like I need to repeat this because lately I've been getting lots of private messages on our Patreon from people who wonder why they can't watch Game Face. And I look at what they're pledging and they're pledging less than $4. So you have to pledge at least $4 USD to get all our content early. If you're just interested in Pactor Factor, you can just give us $2 per month, but you can give us as much or as little as you want. You're not dialed in to those amounts, and we appreciate it. Every dollar matters to us. We're not some gigantic Patreon where your money just goes into this gigantic void, and no one thanks you for it, and no one appreciates it. We appreciate every single one of you guys and every single dollar that you give us. It's awesome. Um, If you're broke, and I know a lot of people right now are struggling, you can still help us if you have a subscription to Amazon Prime just by subscribing to our Twitch channel with Twitch Prime, Amazon Prime. I don't even know what they actually call it. Amazon Prime Gaming, I think it's called now. Mm. We like to call it Twitch Prime because I think it's more descriptive. Um, And if you're watching us on YouTube, there are descriptions down below. Easy step-by-step instructions. Anybody can do it. As I've said, the last couple weeks, my mom figured it out, so I know you guys can do it. And once you sign up for it every month, after that, all you have to do is just go to twitch.tv slash siftedgames, Click the purple drop down on the right hand side, scroll to the bottom, and just choose that free subscription. And you do have to re up it every month, which is kind of a pain. But once you set it up once, you'll never have to do it again. So I think that's it. We'll be back next week with some Xenoblade. Mm-hmm. You looking forward to playing that, Matt? Yeah. Looks like they've moved away from the things I didn't like about two. Metacritic almost in 90. That's pretty encouraging. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if Matt and I agree certainly when we get back. For, certainly for a third game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fourth game, technically. Yeah, yeah. So thanks very much for your support. Thanks for hanging out in the chat. Thanks for the great questions. Thanks for playing Name That Game. Thanks for it all. We love you guys. Have a great week. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>